<laughs> oh, we're not recording yet, Kieran, are we? Because I, I get a bit of a dry mouth before we start. <laughs> that one had a particularly gross <laughs> dismount. Oh, good. Good morning, afternoon or evening, listener. I am Darcy Moran. Sitting to my left is my co-host, Kieran Stevenson. Hello, Kieran. Hey, Darcy. And today, we are broadcasting delayed from the Belmont Studios. This is episode 38 of Weakness for Bleakness. Yes. Kieran, I, you have an apology I for us. I would like to issue, issue an apology for something uh, I said in the last episode. Now, this is very solemn, and we're not, we're not by nature a particularly solemn show, but... Dry throat. <laughs> uh, listen, part of the engine that drives this show is a sort of well-meaning, safe, consensual banter between... Darcy and myself, uh, where we, to an extent, we're not the meanest podcast in the world, but to an extent, we allow each other to to have a little bit of fun at each other's expense, whether it's my fucking solipsistic neuroses or whether it's Darcy's encyclopedic knowledge of uh, bizarre British pop culture shit from decades ago, whatever it is, a little bit of that. However, it is possible to go too far. Last episode, in a in a desperate bid to reach for a bit, I said that comparing Darcy unfavorably to Anthony Albanese, I said that if he were to guest host Rage, it would just be half man, half biscuit songs, <laughs> and the implication being that Darcy was it was not cool, and in trying to uh, reach for that. To to uh, I feel like the risk with jokes like this is that you hurt people that you love and I, I had never intended to do that so I would like to it just felt very sort of like mean-spirited even for me so I would like to apologize to the band Half Man Half Biscuit who I believe to be one of the finest uh, <laughs> British alternative rock bands of that particular era uh, Duke La Prague Awake It is a fantastic hilarious song and I never meant to sully their name uh, by that unfavorable comparison uh, that's that's all. I'll be taking no questions. I do like the Biscuit people. Mm. Mm. But they're no Bonzo Dog Doodah band. There we go. That's now, it. That's play us in. <laughs> <laughs> a modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood But misery is a public good So come and feed your sorrows Till you're spent Well just to come The captain said the icebergs are the dead ahead The men will keep the engines fed I have a deal with God We're at the end of history There ain't a hope for you or me When workers philanthropically believe in the economy But what a feast for tired eyes The poison earth, the boiling skies Everyone their own spies Remember when the world was wise we No, 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 no Alright uh, Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the debates before we do the headlines? We'll do a little bit on the debates before we kick off. There's let's, a lot to say. Let's keep it really fucking brief, because uh, like you, I only watched highlights. I uh, tried to watch the long ones, but I was already running late with a advice letter essay. Look, it's just- so I forgot to put a bibliography on, so I'm probably going to fail that assignment. Oh, <laughs> But fuck. it's okay. There's two more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all that matters. It's only 30%. <laughs> of the marks for the course. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, 
Corey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bernie Sanders was really good. Bernie Sanders was really good. He got emotional. He got wound up. Yeah, there was the bit there where Tim Ryan, he was talking about the details of the Medicare for All bill, and Tim Ryan was like, you don't know. And he was like, I don't know. I wrote the damn bill. <laughs> uh, and there was a bit where fucking Hickenlooper, I think, was like, oh, you can throw your arms up in the air. And he was like, I will. And he threw his arms up in the air. There was all of that stuff. He was good. Him and Liz Warren shared a sort of, uh, can you believe these fucking guys look yeah. several times, which was good. Yeah, they were sort of doing a thing between them. There's a scene in Three Musketeers where the musketeers, they're having a, uh, a fight and they keep getting interrupted by the Cardinal's guards, so they have to stop and, like, kick them off balconies before they can get back to trying to kill each other. Yeah. It was kind of like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Fuck off. No one's it. interested in you people. <laughs> um, no, they were good. Warren was a little bit more aggressive than I thought she'd be. She's yeah. sort of... Um, trying to break through that dweeb uh, persona she built herself. Well, I mean, those are good the instincts. <laughs> Donald, the sort of disastrous Donald Trump duel that she had last year. Yeah. Or early this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, good for her. She has to. I like I like Liz and I want her to win, but I like her. I uh, I mean, if, if we don't get Bernie, I definitely yeah, I mean, that's, want Liz. That's always the thing. Uh, Marianne Williamson talked about fucking the dark psychic energy of hatred and stuff, <laughs> which is very entertaining. Marianne Williamson's such a nut. She yeah. thinks that love is what won the Battle of Stalingrad. That's on her tweet feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's something special. For sure. Well, yeah, she's thinking in the fucking, an interesting way. I like- I, It was all about the thing. everything to do with Stalin's grand politics and stratagems. Love was at the heart of all of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indisputably <laughs> so. Uh, I think she probably has a fairly distant and abstract view on love. In the, I think she defends her ideas surprisingly well for the fact that most of them are <laughs> abject bullshit. Nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you when you get her to sit down, she, she has thought about her nonsense. I would love um, to- sort of watch a film about the forbidden love between a Nazi and a communist. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a very, very it's a, highly charged relationship. Oh, fuck, what's his name? The dude who played Spike in Buffy. Uh, oh, the English guy. Yeah, except he's actually American. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodness me. Um, He had a band called... Oh, fucking... Spike in Buffy. Ghost of the Robot, I ah. think. Ah, and, better, better name than mine. And uh, I got a lot of affection for that dumb band. Uh, and they had a song called I'm German, You're Jewish. <laughs> How could we ever make it through this? I mean, he's buying into the false notion that one must be one or the other. But that's okay. Well, yeah. It hasn't caused any trouble, that particular line of, uh, of ill thought. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Marianne, Will Marianne Wilson Williamson, uh, turns out she's really shitty on a lot of positions like vaccination and she was really bad about like AIDS crises and stuff like that. Yeah, spiritual people always suck at this stuff. Well, this is the problem because in my last debate roundup thing that I did when you were in Spain, I was like, it's nice that we have a magical thinker. Uh, and I, I, still, I still think it is. I can see why it appeals to people. It just sucks that Marianne Williamson's uh, record is so bad. Yeah, but I'm glad that there's a wizard on stage to of <laughs> of love to combat the extremely potent dark energy coming from other wizard Hickenlooper. <laughs> so that's good. But yeah, 
It was Bernie. Like everybody was talking about Bernie's policies, Bernie's positions on the well, first. Because they're the only ideas. There's nothing yeah. else new or interesting. Yeah. Warren's stuff is, you know, okay, we should sensibly regulate and control the system. Yeah. Bernie is the only person talking about substantial changes to the fundamental way America functions. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why the others are even on the fucking side. I know why. It's because they want to promote themselves. Because mm. of fucking Trump and his, oh, you may as well have a run. What's the worst that could happen? You just know that fucking Delaney, John Delaney, that fucking digit looking motherfucker. He looks like uh, the dude from uh, fucking The Leftovers who goes out and shoots dogs with- Justin Theroux's character. He's You've lost Absolute me. maniac. Uh, th- what about the dude from Anchorman, the sports- Oh, uh, yeah. The buck or whatever the fuck his name is. I haven't seen that movie in a do- and in donkey's ears. Anyway, he looks like a fucking dipshit and he gets up there and he's like, uh, uh, I'm John Delaney. He does look like a And he's dipshit. like hyper aggressive and you can just tell that he thinks he's doing a Trump, but with just none of the- What was his thing before this? Was he like the county dog catcher or something? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Something like that. A mayor, maybe, or a fucking patio furniture salesman. It's hard to tell. But like, (laughs) because Trump is such a monstrous figure and so ridiculous and so boorish and shit, people forget that he's actually charismatic in a very unique way. Yeah, his thing didn't work just because he, like, went for it. It it worked because he's insane as a larger-than-life lunatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just be a fucking bureaucratic middleman and pull off the same trick. You have to have a tweet in your back catalogue like Diet Coke is- or, like, Coke is absolute uh, garbage, but I'll still drink that shit. Like Donald Trump had. Yeah. Or just, I've never seen a thin person drink Diet Coke, which is like- Or release the footage of your sex cult sex tape. Yeah. 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 We're going to get into Jack, that'll get you straight to the pole position. Yeah, that's true. You you can just Just be- Covered in baby's entrails. Legitimate agent of- Spraying around the room like a garden sprinkler in the (laughs) summer. Uh, yeah. Straight to pole position. Yeah. He's a dipshit, John Delaney. He's the most contemptible figure for me. There are worse people, but he's the most contemptible figure to me because he keeps trying. And he's uh, he's got this central contradiction at the moment where his slogan is like, think fresh. It's not, but hmm. let's pretend that it is. Our it's, prime minister could come up with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's <laughs> like, you know, new ideas or something. And then all of his stuff is like, we can't just have new ideas. We can't just <laughs> Medicare for all. What a dangerous new idea that is. Anyway, he's a dipshit. That's- so it's only 50 years old everywhere else in the world. Yeah. And then the second night of the debates, the only thing I know about it is that uh, Biden oh. looked really had this, like, kicked dog expression every time somebody took him to task. Biden just doesn't understand what's happening because this has never happened to him before. He's just, like, been on this crazy fucking luck spree for mm. the past 60 years. Yeah, luck of the quote-unquote <laughs> Irish. Yeah, right. He's suddenly being confronted at the worst time possible for him with the fact that he's lived his life as a dissipated and wicked human being. Yeah. Uh, basically. Uh, but that said, the other people he was sharing the stage with yeah. were so fucking useless and pointless mm. that he managed to sort of wade through the punches and still come out relatively intact. That's a damn shame. And it's legitimately the only value of 
Kamala Harris, whose policies are terrible, but her one value is is uh, as somebody to take down Biden. Yeah, but she's done that. That's, but, she's she shot that off. It's well, she, finished. Yeah, she did it, there and then she it. walked it back, and then I guess now it she's was the pits. Everybody who appeared on stage on the second night just mm. should be just hanged from lampposts. They're all completely yeah. useless, not just as politicians, but they are pointless human beings as well. They have nothing to offer anybody. Mm. They have nothing to offer themselves. I'm trying to think. But the, the saddest one is Cory Booker, because nobody- T-Bone! Nobody's less responsible for their failure, possibly, than Cory Booker. His yeah. timing was just really terrible. Like Cory Booker has done, yeah. by, by the standards of the past 30 years of politics, yeah. Cory Booker has done everything right. And yeah. Not just right, but perfectly. And he's sculpted his entire life around meeting this, like, veep ideal politician yeah, yeah, persona. Yeah, yeah. And just as it was time for him to strike, the ground just fucking shifted. Yeah, and everything yeah. he represented. It's like some poor French chef has just, like, gone through all the hell of being of yeah. apprenticeship, dodging frying pans full of hot oil, getting mm. spat on and stabbed by insane fucking chefs, and has managed to pull it together through the broken thumbs and fucking infected cuts and mastered the sauces and earned his stripes and opened his <laughs> beautiful gourmet French restaurant, but it's the late 90s. Everyone's like, oh, fucking hell, dude. No, we, we're eating neo-new post-cuisine now, wherever yeah. you have to make the steak into a foam and the salad has to be textured like fish scales. And he's, what? I, oh, fuck. <laughs> there isn't any rocket on this menu. <laughs> I don't know. There's no rocket. There's no sun-dried tomatoes. I don't know how I'm supposed to take this seriously in the late 90s. <laughs> and it's not his fault. It's just, like, I mean, he's yeah, he, yeah. he's awful and everything. He's, I'm glad that he's been defeated but he's by history. But he's ultimately a tragic figure. You're no right. one's been less responsible for yeah. their failure ever than Cory Booker. <laughs> mm. And it doesn't help that, like, this w- like in his ideal, like, two cycles ago, this wouldn't have mattered as much. But his aesthetic instincts are so bad- like the the tone with which he delivers his calls, his stupid fucking T bone fake uh, friend. Uh, yeah, his, his line against Biden, where he's like, "You're dipping into the Kool Aid, and you don't even know what the flavor is." Like completely, like that's what unf- killed them. Everyone at Jonestown died because they were like, "Oh no, it's the orange yeah, one." Yeah, ah, I'm allergic only, to citrus. I like the purple flavor. Yeah. I think I don't even know if that's what he was going for. If it was supposed to be a different thing, <laughs> is there why another Kool Aid reference? Would, well, that's the thing. If there is, the reason nobody uses it is because because of the overwhelming <laughs> popularity and of popularity the of the other massacre. one. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a good massacre. <laughs> yeah. So his like absolutely terrible like aesthetic instincts, I think, makes him like only compounds how pathetic and and. <laughs> tragic his yeah. story is for sure he's a living lanyard yeah uh andrew yang was on the second night right andrew yang was on the second night his thing is um oh, fuck, i've forgotten is is it um he a th- wants a thousand dollars a thousand dollars a month, a a month. that's right yeah universal um, basic income yeah you can go listen to his interview with virgil texas if you want to get a pretty in-depth view into his stuff. After listening to that, I was like, wow, I like Andrew Yang a lot more. And I don't, uh, maybe even more, don't want him to become president. Well, 
the thing about universal basic income is it doesn't work if you don't have social housing. It doesn't work if you yeah, don't yeah. have nationalized energy and you sundry utilities. Like if you've got America's free floating system. Yeah, yeah. All that universal basic income is is more profit for landlords. Exactly, yeah. You've got to figure out a way. Uh, like, if anything, it will probably leave people worse off because the landlords will hike up rent by, say, $800 and then- And then universal the fucking- basic income will be declared a failure and the money will be pulled back from you, but the rent won't change and you'll become homeless. It'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry Listener, Kieran's I'm just moving a bag because Tiny Cat has just decided. Tiny Cat's crashed to, our recording to come in and be part of this. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, second night, man, nobody interesting. Oh, the entire internet was really fucking horny for Tulsi. Sick perverts. <sighs> Apparently, she's. I didn't. I didn't see what she looked like. Her hair is cool. I don't know if. Tulsi Gabbard, again, she's got a similar um, bird to Corey. Like, Mm. she's just exactly four years too late. Yeah, yeah. Maybe eight years too late. But her shiny 90s stuff isn't good enough. And um, she's way too close to Modi in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. creepy and frightening. The Modi thing is the real, like... It's very hard to sell yourself as a progressive candidate when you're mates with... (laughs) An insane nationalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically. Uh, but she has hair from X-Men, Darcy. She's like rogue. And that's, well, I don't know. Rogue was the one who stole other people's powers or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Appropriate for a democratic politician. Yeah. Um, is there anything else for the debates? No, nah, let's so pretty basic. Up. Otherwise, in, in English foreign language news, Britain's fucked. Oh, yeah, Boris uh, <laughs> Johnson. I don't think he's even appearing on the ticket for today, but he's... He's not. He's not. It's too predictable and tedious. Britain's fucked. Yeah. Um, Pretty Patel yeah. has violated the ministerial standards again uh, She within 48 hours of getting her job this time. <laughs> uh, and everyone else is an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Britain's just knackered. They're for the halal butchers. Yeah. That's and bad. <laughs> super bad, but... 100% from like the f- sort of 1980s onwards like us and the Americans Britain's just been self-inflicting injuries yeah just in the corner self-harming the entire time mm-hmm. I can't believe the rest of the world has any sympathy for us whatsoever yeah 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 let's do stories let's do stories all right uh over to you my man I've got I want to talk about this fucking uh <laughs> sushi pizza restaurant Oh, really? Why? What's what's interesting about a sushi pizza restaurant? Well, here you go. Uh, So, a little while ago, uh, on July 28th, so about just under a week ago, the headline uh, exploded across everybody's social media. Kyle and Dave paid award (laughs) wages at their restaurant. They went bust in three months. This is in the wake of Columbaris being... uh, pipped for fucking uh, uh being very sorry that he did the wrong thing unknowingly yeah 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 and and, then and that being, he's going to resolve to try and make it better after a judge told him that he was legally bound to make it better yeah yeah <laughs> it's the least i could do <laughs> that i'm being legally forced to apparently um, i might go to prison if i ignore this order so i'm yeah. very contrite <laughs> yeah 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 uh 
And so, like, everybody started talking about award wages and a bunch of, like, a combination of very disingenuous uh, rich people and aspirational boobs and all of that sort of, you know, usual set started talking about how how impractical award wages were. Oh, so burdensome. So, uh... I might have to drive a 3 Series BMW instead of a 5. I really want a 5 Series. Yeah, yeah. But it's like an 80 grand difference. Um... And then, yeah, this story came out to kind of suggest that uh, award wages were responsible, perhaps solely responsible, along with doll bludgers, for the uh, the glacial pace of the Australian economy and all of our yeah, rising negative really bad for the economy stuff. when consumers have money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's what they don't... Fuck these people. Here's what that headline doesn't quite fucking convey. Hey, uh... Kyle Stagall and Dave <laughs> Nelson, sort of in a vaguely indefinable way, the perfect names, uh, their restaurant was Sash Japanese Sydney. They sold fucking sushi pizza. That's the first- I don't, All the sushi the pizza places in my neck of the woods are doing gangbusters yeah. here. Everybody loves sashimi flesh on- mozzarella and tomato sauce it's beautiful combo the texture oh, works well. together perfectly i don't, I don't even, see what your issue is there's a picture here uh, the tone conveys the fact that i should know what's wrong instinctively with a sushi pizza restaurant but i am not seeing your objection there's a picture here of one of their sushi pizzas and it's like some sort of black dough uh bread i guess and then what looks to be either in like an avocado like a sort of guac as the uh, as the source. Okay, so we're doing like Mexican, Italian, Japanese fusion. And then I think the more the better. And then tuna and bits of ginger and strawberries. St- what? And then <laughs> sorry, what looks like strawberries? Yeah, and then some micro herbs, I guess. And there's maybe capsicum there. I'm not sure what that is. And I see the picture. And then wasabi in the middle. By the looks of it. Oh, that looks like um, something from like a Charmaine Solomon 1970s cookery book. <laughs> yeah, that looks completely yeah. fucked. Yeah, yeah. If you just took it with a film camera in like <laughs> impossible, like the brown light that apparently they don't make anymore. That got, uh, that got like eighth position at the one thaggy show, see Country Women's Association dessert. And that that's the pizza that they're trying to sell. Yeah, yeah. So you're suggesting that maybe the award wage wasn't the problem, that maybe- it was a disgusting fucking product that fir- nobody wanted to buy. Yeah, the first that's the first piece <laughs> of the puzzle is that the product that they were trying to sell was like insanely high-minded and poorly conceived. Yeah. Of oh. course, well, I mean it's catering to like you want pizza, but you want sushi, which is also like fucking- Nobody wants pizza and sushi. No, no one's ever been like no. I need I, I, I either want a, a delicious little delicate snack mm. or I want a massive hearty meal. No one's torn between those yeah, choices that's, ever. that's really true. And it's also like, I'm not suggesting that sushi isn't popular at the moment because it absolutely is. Probably one of the most popular sandwiches in the country. Uh, <laughs> Basically a sandwich. All right. Yeah, cool. Meat uh, wrapped in carbohydrate. Oh, it's a big swing, but I'll, I'll allow it. 
Uh, but it's like popularity as the sort of like trendy, healthy thing was like when Sex in the City was still on the air. That's true. Like it's it's past the day that you should be doing this shit. Well, anyway, we, we discovered too much kelp can be quite bad for your thyroid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, did we? Yeah, it can it leaves like crystalline deposits? It's oh, very bad. Awesome. All right, donate too much kelp. Let's see. <laughs> uh. Okay, so that's that's factor one. Factor two is that they just had no fucking experience. They were very inexperienced business people. There's not a lot funny about that, but it's So, true. they did not set up the sash that's in Melbourne? I don't know. Were they like- Because that's doing pretty- Well, it seems to be doing pretty well. But I don't think that's a pizza sushi restaurant. Sash on Chapel Street seems to just be Japanese food. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the fucking- uh, not that I've eaten I don't, there. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the, the full intersection- Full of Chapel Street people, quite frankly. I mean, they could be just different fucking uh, concepts. Or maybe not. I don't I know. I think it's the same business. All right. I mean, I mean possibly. Might, I don't fucking know. I don't- fu- Don't reveal to the listener how poorly prepared this shit is, man. They know. I, uh- <laughs> 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 Oh, fuck. Uh- I heard that they didn't have a lot of uh, experience. Well, it doesn't sound like they have a lot of experience because it's a fucking terrible idea. So, they've mm. basically sunk a fortune into setting up a business. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's part of massive, the- massive running costs. Mm. And they've got a fucking potluck, maybe this will work menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Item three was uh, the, the refit cost them $900,000. $900,000. The difference between minimum wage and award wage- for for one restaurant, like it would take a long time. That's an insane for that investment difference to for a totally unproven concept. Yeah, for for sticking your neck out, and if your business goes out of business in three months, then it's not fucking wages' fault. That's like a serious lack of preparation. No, no and- it's because you've got a shit business. But also, you've done it shitly. And you've like, done it badly, You can sure. have a shit business and drag it out for, like, That's true. Some, some shit businesses last for years, Because even good businesses t- usually take fucking more than three months to get going. Yeah. And to really start turning a profit. So, they've they've wanted this place to look like it's already at the high point of its success. Yeah. Even though it's just started, which costs yeah. a fortune. They wanted to have a celebrity chef uh, fucking opening- where it's like, oh, made a million dollars in its first uh, day. Kyle Stagol and Dave Nelson wanted this. And it's being used <laughs> in the fucking, the war against award wages. Yeah. Which, which are now being treated because like there's some fucking gift from on high instead of just- Well, because we've reached a point now where the children of privilege are entitled mm. to their small business. Yeah, They're yeah. just entitled to it, no matter how badly they run it. Yeah. And you just have to fucking do your job, peasant, and stop ruining their aspirations. Yeah. Fucking government handouts to these people so they can have their insane hobbies, essentially. You have to pull yourself up by your around. bootstraps unless you're from privilege, in which case you can't be allowed to ever need bootstraps. Yeah, in which case, give me your bootstraps. <laughs> I need them. I've got to fucking sell them as pasta to people because now shoelace pasta is the new thing. I'm sure it is because I've never had any pushback on my ideas. And so I think I'm a genius. What could go wrong? $75 worth of sushi on a fucking black dough base with 
guac and fucking strawberries. So, strawberries. So, why fucking strawberries? Why would you? I don't. Fusion cuisine is. I'm not a huge fan of fusion cuisine. You can do it well. Yeah. But often when you've got like really hyper distinct culinary traditions, <coughs> like Japanese cuisine yeah. really evolved in isolation from. Um, almost all other contemporary cuisines. And if you want to do fusion with it, you've got to be quite careful because it's got yeah. an incredibly particular flavour combination and presentation yeah, that does. is almost completely at odds with Italian cuisine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are a little bit fucking like oil and water, hey? Yeah. Like, as I say, it, it is a doable thing, fusion cooking, but you, you have to be super careful. And you, you don't could- just throw strawberries into... Mm. savoury dishes yeah what the f- strawberries which is from <laughs> neither fucking tradition but if you wanted to do you could do like you could get you know say um, prosciutto di parma and pecorino mm. because Italian food that has rich umami flavours yeah that would blend well with Japanese food yeah but not just miscellaneous bits from each tradition thrown yeah. together on a piece of flatbread yeah with yeah fucking mexican sauce just hurled into yeah. it for good measure because there's a little bit of avocado <laughs> on fucking california you ham can't go wrong there. with avocado let's just have ladles of guacamole on our fucking uh it's yeah yeah i think you could put a together a pretty passable like uh grotesque Frankenstein sort of pizza, like how tandoori chicken pizza has become really popular. Yeah. I think you could do like a kind of teriyaki kind of pizza sort of situation and have it be possible, not actually good, but possible. Well, you, you could, yeah. you could do like a rich um, sauce base, which is a kind of blend of Italian tomato sauce with a little bit of miso through it. Yeah. You could yeah. make that miso happen. Miso would be a good... Uh, good base to to work. Like I you don't could know. focus on the fact they both have healthy seafood traditions. Yeah, yeah. You could do some great pastas. I think. Uh, what you don't In do. Ten minutes. We have come up with a better fucking plan than yeah. they have. We don't know anything about <laughs> business or cooking. Jesus is left. Or- the headline should be: Stupid idiots fail at business. Yeah, because they chose the most notoriously subtle and delicate culinary uh, thing maybe in the world in terms of like things that are popularly known and decided to pair it with the most like kind of robust robust yeah just punchy cheese and tomato and cheese and tomato fucking morons and i've read the article uh, despite my awesome acting i was doing it pretending Mm, i didn't mm, know They haven't learned anything from the experience. They're literally both just like, yeah, the staff costs too much. Yeah. That's it. They've got no, like, oh, maybe we should try to sell food that humans eat. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't just set our startup business in the most expensive pubs in Surrey Hills. Oh, yeah, the rent. The rent was the other factor. We've chosen the highest possible overheads that we could. We've done an insanely unnecessarily expensive fit out. Yeah. We've just made this as expensive as possible. It wasn't the, like... Middle Australian hero <laughs> contractor who charged them twenty thousand dollars for a panel of wood because he knew a fucking easy mark when he saw it <laughs> that cost them their fortune. It was the extra like two dollars the- and fifty cents an hour that they had <laughs> you to pay. Have to pay your staff enough that they can viably yeah. live. 
Is there any way that we could genetically engineer some half Japanese, half Italian waiters? What's left out of this conversation a lot as well is the mm. fact that your business is a financial asset that you own. Right, so even if you're not making a huge amount directly out of it, if your yeah. business is successful and you're growing the value of that business, you are profiting still. Mm. Even if it looks like your staff are getting X amount, the, the take-home money is there is all that they get mm. out of the business. They don't get the thing that they can sell at the end of yeah, it, yeah, or that they can use to leverage loans, equity, or whatever. All they get is that subsistence payment. Yeah, you, uh, fucking young liberal pieces of shit. Oh, you half Japanese turds. <laughs> you do it to me every time. All right, let's move on. Yes, let's move on to uh, the Greens look radically progressive by pointing out obvious shit <laughs> to stupid idiots in the Labour Party. Yeah. So, just for the record, um, Radio National did a report on the dangerous state of recycling in Australia. Yeah. And it was over two years ago. And I know it was over two years ago because I still had a license and I was listening to the radio in the car while I was driving. <laughs> okay. It's time stamped in my memory. Yeah. Daniel good. Andrews. You've had years of forewarning about this fucking bullshit. So obviously, Victoria's recycling has gone to shit again because a moron idiot company that couldn't make a profit out of picking up free fucking resources mm. um, was given massive amounts of contracts mm. um, to tie in with the stupid morons who just bail up plastic and leave it in the sun so that they can fucking chemical poison everybody in broad yeah. meadows when it inevitably combusts. Uh, yeah. <sighs> but we have um, a proposal <laughs> from the Greens. Mm. <laughs> They've commissioned an analysis saying they thought to themselves, I wonder if there's something that the government can do mm. about recycling. Look, we've only got one seat in the house. We've only got a few, like, Senate things. <laughs> Far fewer very, resources very limited, than every other party. Yeah, very limited foothold in national politics. What's something meaningful that we can do with our small resources to help this quote-unquote great nation of this, ours. If only there was some way. So, they, 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 they asked the Parliamentary Budget Office, mm -hmm. can you guys, like, figure out if maybe the government could recycle plastic? And the uh, Parliamentary Budget Office said, yeah, for $50 million. For $50 million. $50 million. That's not per year. That's oh, really? the setup cost. That's the setup cost of the factory. Oh, okay. Obviously, there are ongoing running yeah, costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to a $50 million one-off payment to establish a recycling plant owned by the government, you could recycle half of the plastic in Victoria. Oh, wow. And you could bring in $166 million over the decade. Right. So it would be profitable. It would be good for the environment. And it would be good for the health of Australian humans. I think I'd be good for you. And I'm just going to work every line from that song into the next. As I say, the government have had fucking years to sort this out. Not just Labour's yeah. fault, the Liberals as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, nothing's fucking happened until yeah, the yeah, Greens. Yeah. Till Adam Bant mm. was like, oh, Adam Bant, he's in, who's the state? Doesn't fucking matter. Till a Green said... <laughs> Is there a... Just walked up... Because apparently, apparently politicians have all these civil servants. 
yeah. and they can go up to them and say, is there a way we could fix this? And then the civil service will say, well, actually, yes, there is. It's extremely obvious, affordable and simple way we could fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you do so get, annoying. You do get the impression that for the last <laughs> several years, politicians have been completely ignoring the uh, the well-established civil service architecture and infrastructure and just been going into their offices and then coming out and- <laughs> barging into the fucking parliamentary budget office and being like, dollars are now ducks, and then just running out and closing the door and everybody in the fucking office being like, what the fuck does that mean? How do we work with that? <laughs> I mean, I know you don't read the full report, Minister, but could you at least read the one-page summary, for God's yeah. sake? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it seems like really politicians- I mean, this is just a vague kind of feeling, but it seems like politicians are perhaps the greatest impediment to- politics oh it's so annoying to aft- actual sort of good civic shit getting done it's so fucking annoying so like the the plan demonstrates that there's available vacant government land mm-hmm. it'd take two years to set it up and there's already a recycling plant operating in Somerton. it's private business but they're looking at doing 47 percent over the next few years right. of the plastics in Victoria. Sure. So, in two years, we could recycle pretty much all of the plastic that it's reasonably viable to recycle. Cool. So, this great- Watch Daniel Andrews not do anything. Yeah. This great fucking, like, ever-worsening crisis that we've been having of, uh, like, China refusing to take our uh, waste shit and mostly putting it in landfill anyway- uh, and like Victorian uh, recycling processing centres failing their certification and uh, having to just take all of that shit directly to landfill, like all of this stuff, who knew that it was completely fucking viable for us to just do the recycling? Because of course, why wouldn't it be? Extremely there's not a, state there's not a special metal in China that fucking recycling factories have to be built out of. I've also been told that uh, Councillor Tim Baxter, or rather Councillor Tim Baxter, uh, mm-hmm. has told me this. He's a Greens councillor uh, from Port Phillip, but he's actually quite good. And he says that the councils are looking at going in together themselves for some sort of... He was very cryptic. Yeah. That the councils are looking at their own solution to the problem. Um, okay. That doesn't involve clumsy, idiot, useless, stupid state government bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that's that's a, good. A, a, a sort of go- a local authority cooperative corporation mm. could be an excellent way to resolve it, given that they're the main customers of these, like, companies anyway. They yeah. may as well just have their own one, yeah, it seems yeah. to me. So the Greens are trying to wedge labour on this issue, is what you're telling me, and should spend more time combating the LNP and less <laughs> time tearing apart the true progressives... <laughs> I mean, look, the, there's only one valid line of attack on when the Greens try to nudge Labor into progressive activity, which is that it makes it even less likely that Labor will do anything helpful. But that's mm. not the Greens' fault. That's 100% the fact that Daniel yeah. Andrews is a stupid prick, yeah. a stubborn, brainless asshole who just likes to swagger around looking modern and groovy while he enacts horrendous policies that were shown to be ineffective and expensive in the middle of the 20th century. Mm. 
It's also true that the Greens could be smug and out of touch, but like, well, yeah, but you know, I fucking, when, who cares? They're in Parliament. When it, yeah, 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 and when it comes, well, yeah, firstly, <laughs> as opposed to the fucking very down to earth middleman, fucking Dan Andrews, grown in a fucking perspex tube somewhere. Uh, he wanks into a perspex tube. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to create a homunculus. <laughs> <laughs> he 100% already has one <laughs> hiding out, stowing under that fucking ship sail of a jacket that he wears. Uh, yeah. Just to balance out his ears, you know. Yeah. But even if even if fucking the Greens rolled into Parliament literally as friendly Geordie's Malcolm Turnbull character in fucking French- uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the stuff, 18th century duke, yeah. If what they're saying is like, oh, it's very affordable to do our own recycling. It's like the aesthetics of it don't really matter. They still have a point. It's a better idea. It's a better idea. And that should be what matters. It's a better <laughs> yeah. And it's such an obvious idea. Like it, 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 I, it, it it's inconceivable to me that mm. this hasn't been done. It wasn't done a decade ago. Yeah. Well, had, how about this? It wasn't always the way. It should have just been done like this from the get go. Yeah, yeah. There should never have been a bit where the private sector was involved because mm. they suck. They're well, useless. Defi- and definitely I not on the fucking export level. No, like- the private sector is for making toys. They're for doing video games and coming up with <laughs> delicious food. Yeah, they're yeah. not for important things. Yeah, that run yeah. countries. <laughs> Like fucking making sure we don't all drown in garbage or fucking, yeah, choke our entire wildlife. Uh, uh, and the other thing is, like, when people say that it's it's like, oh, there's the risk that, you know, uh, wedging labor will be counterproductive. Look at the fucking New Start thing on the national level. Uh, labor <coughs> refused to back a raise, obviously, before the last election, and then they dug in and they were really kind of hesitant about it. Yeah, but they said uh, they might think about it. Yeah. They said they might think about it. And then after the election, the Greens went really hard on it, and they're like, we absolutely have to raise the rate. And then, and then there some, was- some Labor backbenchers were like, yeah, we've been actually, we have been meaning to say it's yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Labor backbenchers did. And then there was a rumble that like maybe the Liberals were going to start talking about that to beat Labor at their own game. And then Labor was like, oh, raise the rate, raise the rate. We fucking absolutely cannot be seen to be on the wrong side of the fucking Liberal Party on this. Again. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that started with, yeah, Labour backbenchers and Greens people fucking railing them. So, yeah, wedge away. If Labour want not to be wedged, then fucking be on the right side of that thing. Oh, God. And it's, again, really, like, these... We're not asking from the Labour Party any of the profound policies that we want. No. Right? We're really asking them for just basic, yeah. basic governmental shit. Like, you know... Adequate infrastructure, making sure people are paid properly. Yeah. Boring, tedious, it shouldn't matter which party you are fucking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a set of extremely common sense policies that you can put in to reduce homelessness and yeah. lessen the misery of unemployment. None of this is even, like, typically progressive. They're, these are ideas that conservatives have had... Bismarck invented the fucking welfare yeah. state that we have in the modern sense. Well, it's yeah, this is all just, shit it's that just we've fundamentally lost in the last few basic government. It's yeah, just basic, basic modern government, guys. Yeah, come on, 
Get your fucking hats on. Yeah, please, for the love of fucking God. <laughs> so shit. So that's good. Anyway, we've got a report. Um, yeah. Andrews may or may not do something about it. Or like the safe injection rooms, he may set it up to fail by making mm. sure it's in a terrible location and not properly supported. Mm. 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 So he's a cunt. <laughs> Daniel Andrews, I think people assume that Daniel Andrews is stupid because he's such a dweeb. Yeah. You know, like we have this, um, like real life is an incredibly pedantic kind of character class system from Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, well, mm. if Daniel Andrews is that incredibly ugly and physically maladroit, he must have some incredible magical powers going on. Yeah. No, real life is not a pedantic class system RPG. Yeah. It's possible that you can be physically and mentally incompetent. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not trading off. He's not, it's not min- trading off. min-maxing in <laughs> politics. Uh, I had to drop the charisma. Not to below four, because then people start running away. But, but He's probably going to win the next election again, though, because I still don't even know who replaced Matthew Guy as yeah, the I don't leader know. of the Liberal the, Party. This is the, like, the damned if you do, damned if you don't think. Because, like, being under the Liberals is fucking awful, obviously. It's, like, like death cult shit. But then being under Labour, being when under they act like this, is just like the endless, like, that's as good as it gets. It's like, oh, well, whoops. <laughs> existentially you you- so painful being under yeah. a Labour government. <laughs> this is it. This is the bright future. <sighs> oh, and anyway, it's over to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting over a cold and that story brought my symptoms back. <laughs> Uh, let's, uh. let's, uh, <laughs> let's go to the story of, what are their names? Fuck. From Sushi to Ushi. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's talk about- <laughs> The fucking Ushis. Let's talk about a, a couple from Katandra West who, quote, thought they had struck <laughs> Hang gold. on a second. Hang on a second. What is Katandra West? It's where a, are we? Where are it's we a in place the world? In, it's a place in Victoria. Okay. <laughs> Uh, That's good. Katandra West, I don't know how it's I want to orient myself somewhat. Um, Near Katamatite. Yeah. <laughs> this is the dumbest fucking story in the world. Uh, th- they thought they had struck gold when they found the furry Simba as part of the supermac- supermarket's Lion King Ushi promotional campaign. So they found a rare Ushi. Ushis are, <laughs> I guess, some dumb little toy that you can get... <laughs> Uh, it blows my mind that Not this shit ushy. still works. You know, some people get really uncomfortable when they hear the word moist because of yeah. badly written erotica and porns and stuff. Yeah. I, that ushy is having a similar effect yeah. on me. I don't like the word It's ushy. a little bit, it feels like orphaned from a context as well. Like it should be like ushy gushy, <laughs> soft just, and smushy or something, yeah. which I think is just the ooey gooey soft and chewy thing, but just- grossed up a bit but yeah a woman says you can complete the collection for just a hundred dollars oh there you go who gives a fuck (laughs) it's what these these dumb things when you spend money at fucking uh woolworths it's like you if for every twenty dollars you spend you get a little thing and it's always like sometimes it's a fucking they do a run where it's like little cardboard cards of stick insects or some educational dumb shit this one is like little toys, little tiny 
toys that are tied <laughs> into Lion King, I guess. Crap resin cast pieces yeah. of shit. To the point that the photo that they use for the story is like, it's the lion, uh, Simba, I guess. And he's, he's like covered in this fine, like crystalline film because it's just small and manufacturing is cheap and it's shitty. It looks dirty. It's, it's fucking, it's dumb. It's dumb. Anyway, they tried to sell it for $5,000 to buy water for their farm, apparently. Uh, God, that's a pretty dire circumstance. Why isn't their farm of any water, Kieran? Uh, the, well, that's another story. Uh, if Radio National gave us three or two or three years warning on the recycling problem, mm. but we've known about droughts being a problem in Australia for... Yeah. How long have the indigenous people been... I mean, we'll say two and a half centuries for us. Yeah. Plus 80,000 years of experience <laughs> for the original yeah. inhabitants. Just generally, but that's we all... We could use that desalination uh, plant for something. That's all fucking propaganda, Darcy. That's uh, NASA trying to manipulate the data for question mark reason. Which <laughs> uh, <laughs> is never adequately explained, that part of the conspiracy theory. Climate change means St Kilda Beach will be as good as Sydney Harbour. Yeah, yeah. Bring course. it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, th- it, so, in the article, there's a lot about the economics of Ushies and uh, how much they actually <laughs> sell economics for of Ushies. on I eBay. I can't accept this. <laughs> Uh, you say that somebody claims you can, uh, get the whole collection for a hundred dollars. There's stories here of one selling for, or going for $25,000, a hundred thousand dollars, but almost certainly bogus. Holy fuck. Uh, fake bids. Like, definitely. Cause they haven't been around long enough to develop that sort of collectible fucking appeal. Yeah, and they're, but then- They're Woolworths ushies. They're not fucking- This is- this is the country that chose <coughs> Scott Morrison to be prime That's minister. That's true. I mean, however much they're selling Australia for, is it's not too part much. of the reality-based community, Kieran. It is pure abstract <laughs> capitalism because it's a, a fucking two-cent piece of plastic. That you get for free when you buy $30 yeah. worth of groceries, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah I don't know. Fuck. Some You get one for every certain amount. It's uh, like when Coles did that shit where I was like, oh, look, it's a small packet of Domestos. Yeah. Oh, that shit was grotesque. <laughs> the small uh, things. I've got a, Fuck I've got a little bottle of laundry detergent somewhere in my uh, car because I went through a checkout and the cashier was like, "Do you want this?" And I was so mystified that I was like, "I'll have one at least, just so I have proof to show when the fucking uh, alien lawyers show up from out of space. I'm gonna need." Out of space, out of space. Why are you doing this? You're a grocery shop. People have to go to you because you've got the food. (laughs) Little little bog rolls. (laughs) It's fucking, it's ridiculous. So, Melissa and Stephen Black, Stephen, yeah, Melissa and Stephen Black got a one of a kind Lion King Ushi and tried to sell it. And uh, and everybody fucking went in on them. We haven't even gotten to the funny part of the story on. yet. Why aren't they allowed to sell it? Because <laughs> they tried to sell it for $5,000 and people cared about that for some but reason. But if it's rare and people, are, this is a thing that people- Well, I, I think the thing is that so they, confused they misjudged how, how much you actually could get for because of these fraudulent high values- they thought they could get $5,000 for it. Well, that's all right. And pe- they just bid them down. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
Uh, uh, <sighs> Melissa Black says, people were just disgusted. The only thing more contemptible than buying- Like, I, I've got thing nothing against the- these people because they're just trying if to cynically trying to swap exploit- swap it out for water, like, yeah. to keep a farm going- yeah, I, that seems fair. Well, this is the thing. This is why they're right, actually- It's like a charity auction. This is like- why they're actually heroes. The people who are, like, going in on them for trying to sell their thing for too much think that they're being heroic for calling out, like, naked uh, profiteering or whatever. But it's like, it's a worthless thing. <laughs> it's completely worthless. There's it's- no- it, We don't have a unit of currency yeah. that is small enough- to buy that <laughs> yeah, at five yeah, cent yeah, yeah. coin, you'd have to cut into quarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking a hundred percent. So, like, the whole thing is dumb, but the the sanctimonious people, like, going in on a farmer couple for selling an Oshi for $5,000, <laughs> that's far more bleak to me than, than really, even yeah. just the Oshi business. For sure. Uh, the abuse started and, it quote, it was just hate and suicidal threats, which seems like an odd way to threaten somebody, <laughs> but I assume- it's the uh, Yeah, it's, no, it's the burning monk theory of protest. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you, fascist. <laughs> <coughs> I assume she means that people told them to kill themselves. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is all is- uh, That's the laziest fucking threat ever, by the way. I hate people who say that. Mm. Get off your ass and murder them, don't you? <laughs> well, that's the thing, yeah. Beat yourself up. It is mean, but it's also Fuck lazy. You. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, the, the apex of the story, right, is that the farmers uh, try to sell the Ushi. They get a lot of threats and, and, and horse shit. Bullying, they call it, which is very charming. I always like when people use the word bullying. Being bullied it, again, Karen? It feels kind of oh. quaint somehow, even though it's appropriate. Uh, and they go on national TV to talk about it and they have this interview where they run through everything and they were like, well, we were just trying to get some water, uh, for our farm. We really farmed Who knows water. how fucking true that is, by the way, but oh, anyway. I'd say it's pretty true. There's a green drought in Victoria at the moment. Yeah, but they also went out of their way to say that they weren't doing it as rough as some farmers. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean that you want your farm yeah, to collapse, just because other people are collapsing faster. But here's here's the thing at the end. So, the presenter was like, I forget what she asked, but it's like, what are you doing now? Are you still going to sell it or whatever? And the farmer was like, Stephen Black was like, oh, look, you know, this has just been really hard for us. There's been a lot of bullying. And, you know, if we'd have been in a rougher spot, you know, uh, people have killed themselves over this stuff. So, uh, to teach a lesson... I'm, uh, we're going to destroy it. We're going to destroy it. And he pulls- uh, <gasps> There's no more Oshi. He pulls a fucking pair of scissors out of his fucking <laughs> stupid, That's anonymous awesome. fucking puffy jacket thing. And then <laughs> struggles, <laughs> struggles to cut the Oshi in half. Yeah. But, well, he, but cuts it in half. On- sure, as a farmer, he would have had something more appropriate to use than a fucking pair of scissors. Yeah, well, like a, I mean... The blade saw or something. Bear in mind how uh, small and pointless this object <laughs> is, that any sort of power tool, that's fucking Oh, yeah, they can risky. go over your fingers, can't they, and on the ends of pencils and things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether what the fuck... I have seen an advertisement. Ah, interesting. Yes, that's right. Um, Woolworths are paying money to advertise these fucking things on television. Yeah. It's... <laughs> The whole story is just insanity. Like, how can you look at the life that we're living With- now and the landscape that we live in and <laughs> think that it's normal? When a family, when a farmer goes on a morning show to destroy a fucking two cent piece of garbage, 
that was forced onto him <laughs> by a. Why did he accept it? Why well, did he, he obviously, click the yes on the obviously docket? Obviously, he didn't realize <laughs> that it was the. Th- he probably thought, "Oh yeah, I can give that to a child." Yeah, when it, one of mine or my children's that is, children that it's visits weird my that house or something. That's <laughs> that's the universal thought is like maybe I could give it to a child. <laughs> like the the impulse to take advantage of free stuff is such that we. <laughs> work out these hypothetical fucking uh, generosity plays. Well, he may have seen it's the like, advertisement. Oh, thank you, a small bottle of detergent. Exactly what I wanted. If you see Uncut. the ad for the Ushies, the, yeah. the actors in their 20s get very excited about the Ushies, mm. and you could be forgiven for thinking that if you have one, it will make you excited as well. So, perhaps he thought, oh, yeah, I'm a bit depressed. My farm's collapsing. I could do with the excitement of an Ushie, yeah, like yeah. I've seen on the telly. <laughs> and then he went, oh, no, it's just a bit of plastic. <laughs> oh, it's dog it's shit. an unconvincing no. plastic line. The market for this garbage is always people in their 20s and 30s who are, like, just that that vacant, cynical version of being a collector. Yeah. Where it's just the disease, just the addiction <laughs> to, like, just desperately keeping a hoarding instinct barely in check being like i've got a i yeah people who think they can ironize their way out of capitalism yeah we once we once knew this dude and i don't want to be too mean to him but uh in lieu of a personality he decided one day to collect crash test dummies paraphernalia and uh that sounds fucking terrifying I think he was going through a rough patch, maybe. Yeah, I hope so. Jesus. I don't know, but it always struck me as weird because it was just arbitrarily chosen and, like, what's his... Maybe maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill and he's genuinely uh, interested in that. But, like, Ushis were just generally collecting shit. I don't know if you can't use it. Collections are okay if you're passionate about it. I don't know what my fucking point is, but it's just really hard to think your way out of this particular trash can of ideology. I think your point is that that because of a stupid supermarket trash gimmick giveaway, Mm. an adult human being was reduced to destroying a toy plastic lion on national television (laughs) because of the behaviour of other adult Mm. human beings. Yeah who were angry that he was trying to do a charity auction to save his farm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a summation of the story. In the same week, when another thing that we're not talking about, but like Andrew Bolt going in on Greta Thunberg. We're and still stuff. not using our desalination plant for everything, by the way, Daniel Andrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Uh, the desalination plant. That's so expensive. Is, <laughs> it was a big deal at so the time. So much of the... Country needs water, and we have a water factory that we're paying for. <laughs> that's just fucking sitting there. <coughs> God, that's so, true. They're so useless. They need people to tell them that they can recycle themselves. <laughs> I'd never thought about that. To be fair, fuck. For for up until now, I was just like, yeah, you send recycling to China, most natural thing in the world, without ever subjecting it to a moment's critical thought and being like, why? Why? What do they have that we don't? Other than a manufacturing sector, I guess, was maybe how I thought about it. I mean, there are some abandoned car plants that we might be able to repurpose. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that could happen. I don't fucking- I think there's a part of me and probably a lot of people that just instinctively knows or assumes that the work of recycling is somehow so, like, filthy and degrading and 
shit looking that like on the street that it's just like oh yeah that's something that you send to the poor countries so that we don't have to do it yeah i mean that's our mentality for sure but you know it's 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 a really important job it's a potentially very maybe the planet might not choke to death job yeah it's not something that anybody should be abrogating no a hundred (laughs) percent and worth pointing out that it even if we solve the, I mean, we're not going to, but even were the climate change issue to be solved, plastic pollution is still yeah, a completely separate a truckload of issues that we uh, have. Yeah. Climate change is just the most immediately existentially threatening one, but yeah. there's a truckload of issues that we have to resolve. Yeah. And yeah, um, plastic and related chemical pollution is still yeah. terrifyingly difficult. So stop making shit like fucking Ushies! Ah, oh, fucking hell. How pointless. That's the Yoshi story. <laughs> That's the Yoshi story. I'm glad we have the Yoshi story. And now, to to just to kind of calm our spirits, <laughs> uh, I've got a nice piece. Obviously, um, Scott Morrison very generously uh, gave an enormous amount of money back to those who needed it least. Uh, with his recent uh, tax cut, which was yeah. very generously supported by Anthony Albanese, who mm. just purely coincidentally earns enough money to be in the top mm. tax return tranche there. Yeah. Uh, tax cut tranche, I should say. <clears throat> purely yeah. coincidentally. But there's a problem, Kieran, because you still need to run a country. Mm. And if you're from the 19th century and yeah. you believe that there's a fixed quantity of money in the world, you go, oh, no, our country might not have enough money. Yeah. I've given away too much. I'm a fool. What can I do? Well, fiscal responsibility Morrison has Mm. decided that he's going to put an increase on the tax excise on beer. (laughs) All of the beer, whether it's takeaway, (sighs) in-house, from a bottle or off a tap, Mm. We are going to be increasing the tax to 21 cents a litre on draft beer and 30 cents a litre on stubbies, cans and long necks. Mm. Do you know what the old figures were? Oh, sorry. It's up by, not up to. Oh, up by. Yeah. So Australia's alcohol is the world's most highly taxed outside of like Denmark, Norway and Japan. Mm. All countries, by the way, even including conservative Japan, mm. that are not run by the sorts of psychopaths who think governments are supposed to be profitable. Yeah. Like, they're all deficit countries, all of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Shinzo Abe is not like a fucking modern Western style. No, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Japanese Well, he's uh, a video Tory, game boss. Which, is like, like, <laughs> which means that he's just generally a bit mean-spirited and cruel, and he's probably got some secret room with something <laughs> very sinister in it, but we don't know what that is. But he doesn't- Yeah. So he's like Giovanni from Pokemon. The yeah, whole yeah, yeah. criminal edifice is actually there to undo a terrible mistake he made in his youth. I can't remember what- he had, was just, Team Rocket was to find Mewtwo and catch him so that oh, yeah, 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 he wouldn't yeah. take over the planet. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't just tell the government that there was a dangerous Pokemon. Yeah, anyway. why was he such an asshole about it? Um, uh, well, because he was Italian. 
(laughs) (laughs) The Japanese, maybe this is at the root of the sushi pizza, is like, Japanese do seem to have a curious fondness for Italians. Yeah, yeah. Well, they love Italian food. There's a lot of Italian (laughs) restaurants over there. They're interested, but uh, you can also see why they might think of them as like quasi-mythical kind of very confronting figures. I think they see Italians the way we see them. Well, but like the thi- but it- as like the novelty friendly Europeans, like Japanese people are the accessible Asians. Yeah, but there's also like such a difference in style that like if you're in Japan where they Ishimasen every time you walk into a fucking Seven Eleven and they bow to you and everybody's friendly and there's a simmering resentment for the state of how they have to work underneath it all, but it's very regimented and polite oh, yeah. and stuff. And then a guy walks in and he's like, hey, oh. How you doing? Let me get one of those pastrami subs. And they're like, that must be the most thrilling thing in the fucking world. Do you think <laughs> Italy Tokyo represents collapses. freedom for the Japanese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like boisterous um, fucking- Constant state of emotional catharsis and irrationality. Yeah. That's what their entire fucking like comedy scene is built off <laughs> is just like wild slapstick and big personalities. That's why hard gay is like a relatively harmless, even though in Western- I don't know enough about hard gay to know how like homophobic it is. He is as a character, but like that's the, that's the instinct for us is to be like, Oh, over the top leather daddy character. But like, I think he's just genuinely like for, for Japanese people just genuinely represents like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice if you know, you could just go out there and not be a fucking buttoned down psychopath. I've got to say, I found I t- um, a Nagita Airport at Tokyo. I'm pretty sure I just said like four or five profoundly racist things. Yeah, no, you did, but we're of. talking in broad racial stereotypes because yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. the. the yeah. It's yep. about how cultures view each other, it's, not about what cultures actually consist name, of. Yeah, it's the name of the game. So you I, were at where? Oh, on the way to Europe, we went via Tokyo. Yeah. And I found the airport staff very disconcerting because they were respectful and pleasant. Oh, was, yeah. Even, like, when they put you through the security check, they had a sort of rueful and apologetic atmosphere air mm. about them. They returned your yeah. belongings to you with a sort of smile. Yeah, yeah. There was just... Uh, when, going back from there through to, to Melbourne Airport, where there's fucking Australian Border Force yeah. fucking, like, tape up everywhere and just absolutely yeah. uncultivated psychopaths marching around. They look mm. like they've got P90s, even though they don't actually have any guns. <laughs> yeah. And they just... They go, when you were abroad, did you come into contact with anything at any time, sir? I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I'm Yeah, I stepped on dust. I'm like, yeah. all right, in the cell. Yeah. In the cell for the hose down. It's psychotic. The fucking... The entire Australian, like, uh, customs and immigration apparatus is just that one dude that you swear you've never seen before who comes out from the fucking shadows at a relative's wedding and comes up to you and is like, I know what you fucking did, mate. I know what you fucking did. And rest assured, everybody's going to fucking know what you did. And then disappears. Who the the fuck was that? I have a friend. What did I do? I have a friend who works at the federal bureaucracy whose job is basically checking tariffs on imported goods and yeah. making sure everything's kind of like as it should be. Who mm. was really like quite traumatized and distressed when he got rolled up into the border force fucking <laughs> <laughs> fascist organization. Mm. He was like, wow, we are now the Department of Homeland Security. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But he's too fat for the uniform and he refuses to give them his actual dimensions so that he doesn't have to wear the pathetic fascist gear that they- 
Oh yeah, throwing at you. Anyway, fucking nice resist, brother. <laughs> he he kept the boots because the boots are quite good, apparently. Mm, well, uh, yeah, that's always the trade-off with fascism. <laughs> is you get great boots. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, never mind that. What are we talking about? We're talking about the beer tax that's got <laughs> oh, yeah, holy shit. Because he's decided that um, poor people have to fill the hole in the budget left by yeah. his irresponsible, stupid tax cuts. Now, as I said. Um, the cost of beer is, in Australia, already comparable to the other three most expensive beer tax countries in the world, mm-hmm. but those are all countries that don't have governments that are trying to throttle their services sector. Yeah. And they're all countries in which um, progressive tax systems are not being constantly undermined. Mm. And we have got um, the single largest... Uh, price factor in Australian beer being the tax burden. Mm. Uh, it's 42% of a full-strength beer. Yeah. Uh, and it is going up by, yeah, um, 30 cents. Mm. So that means that your retailers are going to have to increase the price by basically a dollar a thing now to cover yeah. the wholesale markup. <clears throat> I am not fucking surprised. We love sin taxes in this fucking country. We love sin taxes. Because there was a point like a little while ago where everybody agreed that cigarettes were bad. I think that this is what happened. Everybody was like, well, it's quite reasonable that we should be doing this shit with cigarettes. You know, plain packaging? Sure. Bit more tax? Sure. It kills you. It's bad. And then smokers kept smoking because that- Then the government realised, holy shit, people are actually addicted to these things. Yeah, We've got yeah, them yeah. over a barrel. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, so you, they just kept doing it. Just gouge the fuckers. We love- So a packet of c- smokes that costs like three euro in, in Europe costs 34 or something here. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's insane. In Spain, you have to buy two packets to meet the minimum F-POS requirement. <laughs> Oh, you think I didn't start smoking again with gusto yeah. when I was in Spain? It was the yeah. best. You buy two packets here and you're almost over the threshold where you can't just tap without entering your pin as well. Well, two packets here in a week means that I don't have dinner for two nights, basically. That's hugely yeah, yeah, expensive. Now that I'm not, not working more. regularly because I'm a fucking stupid student doing stupid student yeah. stuff. And it's the same oh. with fucking... It's the same with booze, man. But it's like, not just about syntaxes. It's about shifting the cost as much as possible of the apparatus of the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wealthy to the poor. Mm. It's about demanding that people who are most in need of the services fork out proportionally the most money to pay for the services. Yeah. And it's about increasing the uh, power of landlords, the power of utilities, Uh companies, by making your financial position ever more parlorous and ever more dangerous. And it's about maintaining and increasing the gulf and the gap between wealthy and poor people. Yeah. Because if you have a country that has the resources to provide for everybody, and if you yourself have enough money that you you can retire and not work, and you insist on continuing to work, the only reason you're doing that is to maintain and increase the power gap between you and the poor. That's yeah. all. It's, 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 it stops being about money and it becomes about power, which, yeah. as we know, has the same effect on the brain as a drug abuse habit or mm-hmm. an acquired brain injury. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, it's uh, that's like one of those kind of, uh, let's get into some bio-truths. One of the depressing things about trying to make a functional human society is that it does genuinely seem to be dark magic, that it's like you can have the best fucking plans at the ground level, but uh, in the halls of power, it seems like only a short matter of time until some psycho gets a hold of stuff. Which well, I guess is where <clears> the like the smaller scale kind of if anarchist you theory. Don't have an in. egalitarian society, you're doomed. You yeah. can come up with whatever system you want if it's based on hierarchy. If yeah. it's if it's Jordan Peterson government, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. Every single time. Yep. And uh, yeah, you, it's uh, very important, as you say, to 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 always maintain and hammer home the connection between. Uh, yeah, broad taxation on products and, and how regressive that is in effect. Absolutely. The, no. G- the GST, fucking the value added tax that Andrew Yang talks about in the US that's supposed to pay for his fucking thing is going to be paid for mostly by the poor and consumption reduce- taxes on the poor. Yeah. 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 And, um, look, I'm not a huge fan of most beer. I like Cooper's beer. Mm. Outside of that, I think most beer is pretty disgusting because it either tastes like stale piss if it's from CUB or Lion Nathan, or it tastes like compost if it's from a craft brewer. This is your most controversial position yet. I think beer is fine, but it is. Uh, I'm going to go out of hope, but it's an affordable luxury for a lot of people who yeah. can't afford much in the way of luxury. Yeah, and uh, in the face of rising costs everywhere and stagnant wages mm. everywhere. This is a disgusting, bullshit, horrible thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Among... I mean, this is Scott Morrison in a nutshell. You only have to look at his his fucking insane thing about... Uh, well, you know. Oh, we will be looking at some of yeah, his yeah, insane yeah. things. Don't you I forgot, worry. I forgot that we were going to be... We'll, we'll hold that off. But yeah, Scott Morrison is a, a profoundly fucked dude in the way that he thinks about... Uh, social relations and particularly when it comes to wealth disparity and and power disparity and where he thinks he thinks it's being should. arranged by a wizard it's yeah that simple yeah that he is does not ro- understand reality at all mm, that is the root of the problem but i think it's always <laughs> he doesn't have the courage to just come out and say i mm. think this has all been arranged by a wizard he has to fucking pretend that there's an economic theory at play yeah i think it's always maybe a a mistake though to to be like oh it's because of his invisible friend in the sky because it's like that is all ridiculous for sure but i think i'll bet you that the reason that he thinks it's all arranged by a wizard is not just because somebody told him that and he earnestly believes it i bet that it's bound up with justifying his views oh i would say it's a view that has developed as his wealth has increased yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was not always Pentecostal. But that is for later. Yeah. The point is that for now, you, Australia, are getting fucked with a beer excise tax when you're already paying the most tax on beer in the world yeah. anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's going up, yeah, um, by over 30 cents a litre across the board. It's really fucked. But on the plus side, you'll have forgotten about it and internalised it and accepted it by the time the next beer tax rolls around in six to 12 months. How good's Australia? How good's beer? Yeah. Oh, how good. How good's Scott Morrison, I the Australian Prime Minister? Nothing says Australia like pissing on your base. Mm. Watching them roll around in it. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the capstone, right? Is and then that begging this is, you for more. This is potentially the one thing that could 
or one of very few things that could piss off uh, Look, a I, particular part of his base. I hope something that he does upsets them because yeah. everything he does should. Um, yeah, this could be the step too far. This could be his work choices. Because there's definitely a few people. I don't think it's going to be work choices, but I think it is going to. He's going to have to take a hit for it because there is a real portion of his base that were like, uh, just like, you know, Scotty Morrison, he just understands what Australia is supposed to be. Just simple, just having a beer with your mates. And it's like, ah, whoops. But you have to remember so many of these cunts are defined by self-loathing. Yeah. They don't think, they think they hate gay people and, Mm. you know, urban elites and foreigners, but it's all rooted in deep, profound self-loathing and yeah, yeah, sense yeah. of inadequacy. I secretly think they enjoy being punished. I mean, maybe. There are healthier Why ways Why else would you fucking vote it. for these people? Unless you're one of their, you know, actual rich assholes club. Yeah. Why, if you were a normal person, yeah. would you vote for people whose raison d'etre is to make your life worse? Yeah. Unless you're a piss pig. Yeah, they, yeah, that's <laughs> it doesn't true. Doesn't make any sense. There are healthier ways to deal with self-loathing, like starting a podcast or becoming an academic. Uh, oh, there's almost anything. Uh, you know, join one of the Christian denominations where they don't hide the self-loathing. Become a Catholic. Yeah, yeah just become a Catholic, and and you can be a. Uh, it's a much healthier expression of self-loathing than Pentecostal denialism. Yeah, just become a flagellant. <laughs> <laughs> or just become a literal piss pig because nobody's real. Like it's two thousand and nineteen. People judging. Come anymore. over to our side. It's like fine. Piss pigs are like. There's probably a hashtag like "Don't shame piss pigs" on fucking Twitter. You're a protected. Oh, you're not class. allowed to kink shame anymore. Yeah. No, no, like, it's fine. Quite rightly, but piss pig is just such a funny word. It's a very funny word. So sorry, piss pigs. You're the fucking punching <laughs> bags for today. <laughs> it's uh, true. We shouldn't actually love it. We shouldn't actually be mean to the piss pigs, but they are piss pigs, so it's fine. Yeah, I haven't been able to get that image that you pushed of uh, last episode of uh, <laughs> the Tories in Britain. Uh, was it the Tories? Oh, yeah. Just like... Desperately r- trying to catch piss in their mouths. Yeah. Poor old Obama trying to use the toilet. Yeah. And he's just got some weird old Englishman constantly trying to jump in front of his dick. Like, Come. what are you doing? It's all right. I'm just here to catch it. Hear a snuffling at the fucking <laughs> carpet at the foot of the toilet door like a That's truffle pig. Boris Johnson keeps doing that kind of... <laughs> sort of thing before he talks because yeah. he's got a mouthful of American piss. Yeah. He's going to rotate it into his crump <laughs> like a bird. Uh, we should We should break to, for tea, I yeah, think, because we're losing focus topics. very clearly. <laughs> losing focus. I think it, it really hit about- You could feel the wobbles in the sushi pizza story, which was the very start, but it really hit- I, I should stress that halfway I, through the ushi, maybe. I, I made Kieran get out of bed at actual nine o'clock this morning to well, do this recording. Yeah, this, so. I, was out of, I was proud of myself because I was out of bed at 8.30. I was in the shower- I get out of the shower at about 10 to 9 when Dar- Darcy was supposed to be showing up at 9. There's a missed call. Darcy was already here. <laughs> Neither of us have been awake this early for years. Get him to come on a, at like midday on a day that we both have completely off. And he'll be like, oh, sorry, darling, I missed my tram and show up at an hour late. <laughs> but get him to fucking commit to an actual normal working morning time and he'll show up on time. Yeah, it's all psychological, darling. It's all psychological. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you babies soon.
Yeah, in about two seconds. And we're back. We from are. Lunch. I've got a croissant in my stomach. Kieran's made me a lovely cup of um, comradely Soviet coffee. Yeah, weak coffee because I ran out. So it's about. Kieran's half. going on holiday soon. Yeah. Uh, and you didn't tell me to bring any coffee with me. Well, I'm not going to put that on you. I also thought that I had some uh, still. About it's actually a, not too bad. A third of a bag. Yeah, it's not fucking too too abject. Anyway, we know you were all worried. We had a lovely lunch. We had a very nice tea break. Yep. And now... Now we're going to talk about uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Well, wait a second. Have we played the topics music yet? Yeah, that would have been in the break. Oh, good. Well, in that case, carry on. Tell me, tell us all about who is Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein is a uh, a young. Well, he's not young anymore, but started out as a young go getter. Oh, yeah, a sort of uh, aspirational figure in the American uh, mythos, well, uh, a financial guy <laughs> uh, who, despite never being qualified for the jobs that he was given, uh, managed to work his way up. So a finance um, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, the stuff surrounding the Epstein thing is like so gigantic in scope that, and other people have, uh, dealt with it better. Like there's, I think there's a behind the bastards on Epstein. There is. Uh, I think he has, I think he gets two episodes. Yeah. There's a, there's a long, uh, Chapo episode on it, which is, is really good. There's an episode of a podcast, Grubs Takers, which if you aren't, uh, sort of, like, immediately put off by the idea of having to listen to Nick Mullen. Uh, it's worth listening to that. He only does a couple of racist accents. There's uh, surprisingly that not that much in the news. No. All things considered. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, let's... I'll try and give, like, a really brief overview. He started out... Uh, I mean, I don't know how he started out, but, like, where the story kind of starts is that he was teaching maths... Uh, at a fucking secondary school. Right. And, uh... That does seem to be his age group, yes. Yeah, yeah, and there were reports that he was creepy there. And then one of the student's fathers was like, you should work on Wall Street. Away Uh, from children. Smart man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then something happened, and he ended up... Lex, Lex, Les Wexner, Lex Wexner, Les Wexner, Wexner, the Victoria's Secret guy, uh, ended up giving him like a fucking gigantic sum of money and power of attorney and giving him a mansion in Manhattan. And it's quite a mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an entire city block mansion. Yeah. Like the lair of a villain, you might say. Like the lair of a villain. It's seemingly out of nowhere. So with no financial credentials, uh... He ends up starting this hedge fund for which there is basically no evidence that he ever did any trading uh, or actual kind of finance work oh, for so which he had no account. qualification or experience. But into that uh, account, which uh, it had like a minimum $2 million deposit or something like that. And yeah, yeah. We're all familiar with that. Preposterous uh, rates and shit. Uh, the money of powerful men would consistently uh, go into, and then there's no records of uh, what was being done with the money. He never released any reports. There's not really any records of staff working for him. 
uh, or trades being made or anything. Uh, so far, so Melbourne club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So an extremely... And, and the power of attorney thing was consistent as well. A lot of people gave him power of attorney, which is unusual for a hedge fund. At the Melbourne club, do you think they take the teeth out of the Alsatians before the blowjobs, or do you think they leave them in? I think that they leave them in, but they're, like, filed or something. Because uh, yeah. I think they like to tell themselves that the risk is part of the thrill. Uh, but I think it's very important that they never actually be at risk. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that, 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 uh, that tracks. Yeah, yeah. Carry, uh, on. Carry on. So that's kind of, the, like, the boring shit, I guess, that establishes just that something shady was happening. And then rumors started to crop up. Uh, because he's, you know, as he gained uh, wealth and influence, and he had a private jet called the Lolita Express, and a private island uh, referred to as the Lolita Express. Yeah, yeah. Which is worse because it was popularly understood that that's what its purpose was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in in a private island where where rumors abounded uh, that he was fucking kids essentially is the the central theme and then he got done in 2008 for on a solicitation charge which should have been a fucking sex trafficking charge yeah based on the his his work of getting underage uh, they are tremendously different crimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting underage girls and, and, and pimping them out, essentially. So he got done on a solicitation charge and he spent 18 months, I think, uh, in a really in a country club jail where for 16 hours out of the day, he was allowed to leave to conduct business. So basically he had to sleep in a hotel uh, for, for 18 months. Uh, That'll learn you. Whereas... Because uh, he would have had to have the continental breakfast, and we've had those at hotels, and we know that is worse than prison. Yeah, am yeah. I right? Frozen croissant yeah. with tomato juice. Right, right. You continental. Are. Ah, ah. Terrible, terrible hardship that Jeffrey Epstein went through. So that's like, that's kind of what I feel like. What everybody knew about Epstein a while ago that he was definitely uh, trafficking young women, that he was a pedophile and a creep, and that. Uh, creeps were involved with him and that, like, on his plane, you know, Donald Trump had been on his plane, Bill Clinton had been on his plane, Alan Dershowitz had been on his plane, all of these high-profile people. Pinker. <clears throat> Pinker, yeah. Stephen Pinker. Uh, but that's all horrible or whatever, but since the latest kind of release of evidence and the latest case that's been brought against him, it's just gotten weirder and weirder and weirder. So all of that shit about, like, the mansion and stuff, I don't know how much of it was out in the public, but that kind of came into into popular pub, public consciousness recently. Uh, as well as, like, the, the fact that he's got a weird fucking uh, temple that he built on his island uh, with a golden dome mm. uh, and a lock on the outside of the door. Most natural thing in the world. Uh, and then people started dying. Like the detective on the okay. case died of cancer, I so think. Getting into L. Ron Hubbard territory. Uh, the, the butler who no. released the no. black book. Uh, I don't know if he died or not, but he got a longer sentence than uh, Epstein got huh. for releasing that the sounds unfair. confidential information. Uh, 
like a bunch of really weird shit started happening, <clears throat> which is, I guess, to say that like the thrust of why I wanted to talk about it is essentially we have to deal with what my interest lies in asking what happens when a really broad, sinister, vaguely occult, uh, pedophilia cult turns out to be a real thing, despite having aesthetically no difference yeah. from wild conspiracy theories. So, like, all these cute and then, people and comet yeah. pizza people and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, like, indistinguishable from Pizzagate. There's a lot of stuff where, like, there's photos of uh, people who have been involved with weird symbols in their houses and on artworks and stuff, which is, again, exactly the same shit that happened when people were... Uh, uh, quote-unquote, investigating Comet Pizza, but we know that these people involved are involved in a fucking child actual, uh, sex traffic ring. Yeah, that someone's been arrested over. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, when he was arrested recently, tried to kill himself in prison. Well, he was found unconscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He... It may have just been the emotions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with marks on his neck. <laughs> He just found out how old everybody was in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they tried to have him killed in prison. And uh, the Attorney General, William Barr, is not stepping down from the case. Uh, of course not. He has a lot to cover up, I'm sure. Yeah, despite the fact that his father was one of the people that gave uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein a leg up in the early days. Uh who was it? Uh, fucking one of the political nothing masters uh, was like, I th oh, I think it was uh, Nancy Pelosi's daughter was like, the we have to be prepared for all of the information that comes out of uh, this case, even if some of our faves might be implicated. Our faves. Yeah. Because, because she knows that like the Clintons have been fucking riding dirty with Epstein for years uh, yeah, Bill's been on that the plane Maxwell's. like 16 times or something, hasn't he? Way more than that. It's like fucking uh, in the mid double digits, oh, I think. Shit. Like in the 40s, maybe? Maybe the 20s. I don't know. I don't know where the line of slander lies. But he released this incredible, incredibly vague statement where he was like, uh, I have no knowledge of the crimes committed by Jeffrey Epstein between 2000 and eight in 2011 or something i was mm. on the plane uh it is disturbingly specific yeah in all those years i was in the plane only two times and like carefully phrased so it looked like he was saying he'd only ever been on the plane two times but <clears throat> could easily be passed as he's only been on the plane twice between in that very narrow frame across like four years or something even though the the case la has lasted decades like the scope of the of the crimes. Yeah, but that's obviously when he was doing his most obscene things with Epstein's company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being so the naughty William. Uh, Donald Trump publicly was like, his whole thing was like, oh, Epstein likes his girls young. Oh. Uh, he certainly enjoys his social life, like back a while yeah. ago when there was a profile on Epstein done by the New Yorker, I think, before that first arrest. Uh, by the New Yorker or by, I don't know, some, some fucking magazine god donald um, trump insinuating that you've got inappropriate yeah fucking yeah sexual how appetites. fucked do you have to be 
and it's like everybody's doing in, in power is doing their best to kind of cover up and distract from this shit. And Very again, effectively too. Again, I really encourage people <clears throat> to go and listen to either the Chapo episode or the Grubs Takers episode on this, just because they go into so much uh, detail uh, about the particulars of the case. And in both of those podcasts, like the 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 chief <laughs> kind of thing that they're noticing is that it becomes impossible not to be not to get extreme conspiracy theory brain when you see how all of the details line up. Like, in, in just in terms of, like, interesting, weird history, this is a landmark, because it's the first time that one of these insane conspiracy theories has firstly been true, at least to some degree that much is inarguable at this mm. point. Uh, and also, with all of these extra trappings that uh, are extremely fucking weird and, and vaguely satanic and shit like that. So who knows? I'm not saying that Hillary and Bill Clinton were using the elevator in that temple to go down to... Uh, uh, also, there was a bed in that fucking weird shrine thing that he built. Of course there was uh, a bed. Because how could it be more disgusting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, So, yeah, and there's speculation that there's an elevator that's very firmly in the wild conjecture uh well that's for alex jones stuff. very secret entrance yeah so i'm i'm not suggesting necessarily that alex jones and the clintons went down that elevator donned robes uh prayed to the great lizard god thoth and then uh fucked and ate a 12 year old girl i'm not saying that what you're saying is you but, don't know specifically what the lizard god's name was. Yeah, yeah. It may not have been Thoth. Yeah, and I, I'm definitely not saying that that's not possible. <laughs> I'm not comfortable ruling that out I, at this point. The most interesting thing about this to me yeah. really is the degree to which nobody seems to give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, well that's, I mean... In the most muted response yeah. to... An actual, after all the fucking gammon scandals that we've mm. been forced to listen to by these idiot journalists, yeah, you know, about people misspeaking or optics being bad, yeah, or, yeah, you know, for the umpteenth time, do you know Donald Trump's actually a really uncouth, insensitive, yeah. sexist prick? Yeah, he called Baltimore its <laughs> town of rats. And it's like, that is gross and insulting, and the people of Baltimore deserve better, but this is ongoing. 100% what we expect the, from him. The Epstein case He's should be a, all that anybody is fucking talking about. Yeah, no one seems remotely disturbed or put out by it. There is so much power being brought to bear on this case. I assume that the Q people think it's a false flag operation. And that Jeffrey Epstein was actually trying to uncover the paedophile ring and he's been set up. Well, I don't know. The Q people something. are so unpredictable that they probably think it's real, but think that Donald Trump was going undercover to... Because uh, remember that they think that Donald Trump is the one that's uncovering all of the... Oh, that's right. He's... The pedo fu- shit, so... Fu- he's, yeah, Qui-Gon Jinn battling yeah. forces of darkness from the shadows. So his quote saying that Epstein likes them young was probably... Uh, he was trying to reach out, yeah, he raise was awareness. To, just like JFK Jr. showing oh, up at Trump yeah, rallies, that's faking right. his own death. And do you know that um, actually Donald Trump is um, Stanley Kubrick? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, if you examine was, the fake was, moon landing... He was killed the first time when he tried to reveal all this with eyes wide shut, mm. and he has come back through the fetus yeah. of a um, of a baby chicken. Yeah. Uh, 
and taken taken form as Trump. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all perfectly reasonable. And it's all in the data files. That's Q the deep, to a T. It's in the deep information, the deep secrets. Eyes Wide Shut, if anything, seems a little prosaic. Yeah, well, everybody like, involved was a consenting adult, so yeah, that yeah. completely fucking blows it out of the water. Yeah, some of the, like, trappings, the, like, that shit maybe didn't happen with the Epstein thing. Again, not ruling it out. But, I mean, like the, the Savile revelations and the, the massive purge that that led to, and like that case in fucking... Belgium, I think. I forget what it's called, but there's there was this really high-profile uh, case of widespread uh, grotesque pedophilia amongst the powerful in Belgium that, uh, like... That's why they've been focusing on all that chocolate production. For yeah. A couple of dozen witnesses ended up in, dead or lure something. Lure them into Belgium. Yeah. So it's, it's like that, and it's like, in Belgium, the resistance against the revelations was quite successful because they were just willing to kill people outright to stop them from testifying. In Britain, I guess somebody kind of found the right pressure lever that... Well, keep in mind, everybody in the UK who was busted mm. for anything, whether it's tax cheating scandals or terrifying paedophile rings, mm. it's always people who are in light entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Like, for the tax stuff, it was Gary Barlow and Jimmy Carr. Yeah. Um despite the fact that there were eight other unnamed people who probably wrought it a lot more than two yeah. million pounds out of the thing. Yeah. And for the um, sex abuse, it was uh, yeah, all... radio personalities and Jimmy Savile and so on. Never anybody yeah. with their finger on the pulse of power. Yeah, well, exactly true. And then they're like, so that was probably just a very successful interference strategy to just sacrifice some of the entertainment class for... You know, to kind of sate the the violent thirst of the populace, but protect uh, actually powerful people. That's completely plausible to me. Um, the same thing is fucking happening in the US. Uh, Dershowitz is probably being thrown to the wolves. He's the other most implicated person at this point in time. Uh, he wrote an article recently uh, arguing that if abortion is legal... If uh, a, an underage girl has the right to have an abortion without parental uh, sort of con- uh, agreement, without parents being informed... Yes, that's true. ...then therefore the age of consent should be lowered. Whoa! Conversely. Hang on a second. If women... Well, sorry, not if women. If female children mm. are coping with the consequences of statutory rape, mm. the problem is that statutory rape is a crime. Well, it's just that, like... Is that what he's saying? If the... I don't know. I haven't read the article, to be honest, and I'm probably not going to. If they're bleeding their fair game, that seems to be what he's putting out there. It seems to me that, given that the age that he was arguing for was 16, uh, I think that the girl that he fucked on Jeffrey Epstein's island was probably 16. Right. Girls, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Jesus. The fucking monster. So, he deserves to go down, and he's probably going to be cut loose. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein is obviously going to go down. He's the biggest liability to the people in party in power, because he's been claiming that there is uh, a cabal of powerful people involved, and that it's not just him. Yeah, well, I mean, you would. The moment you realise that they're just going to 
yeah. cut you loose and find another patsy, you'd be screaming the house down. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what hopefully he's scumbag. hopefully he's over the uh, the fit of uh, regret that led him to quote unquote attempt suicide in prison, which I don't think anybody fucking believes. Like, at least we've come that far that nobody believes that. Not a single person was was uh, buying it. I'm I'm sure it was genuine regret mm. from a, a conscience that has finally yeah. awoken after all of this time. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah, this this story came out that he one of his he had this ranch in Mexico. Oh God! That uh, must he. Allegedly, he he uh, committed some of these crimes at, no. but um, also he wanted to create a race of superhuman people by impregnating women using his DNA. Oh, of course, yeah. So he's obviously fucking uh, slightly mad as well. Nuts, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Are you sure women was that who is not children? women? Is how it was not framed. Ch- children who were children. Yeah, I mean, probably, if we're being honest, given given what we're talking about here. Um, his little black book that, thankfully, I think has been transferred to authorities untarnished at this point, has, like, a bunch of names in it, so those people are going to get investigated. I don't think any of the really big, juicy fish, like Trump or Clinton or anything, uh, were named in that list. Chris Tucker... Was? The Chris Tucker. The Chris Tucker. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Which is really... Oh, this world the is weirdest, so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest fucking thing. I mean... Are you sure it's not a Chris Tucker? No, it's the Chris Tucker. Oh, this has I been... could totally see, like, some fat Republican would yeah, named Chris, Chris Tucker. Tucker. No, it's the Chris Tucker. Oh. Are you going to miss the one movie that he makes every five years to keep his cover up? <laughs> I've only seen him in Rush Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Jackie Chan's a piece of shit, too, so it's okay. You're oh, yeah, still that's right. To... He's a Chinese um, imperialist apologist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And sold his kid that's out right. when his kid got caught for drug offences. He was yeah, like, I, I love my that. son, and that is why he must be punished under the full extent of the law. <laughs> Which is refreshing for a conservative <laughs> person, but still... Lack of hypocrisy is, but that lack of hypocrisy makes Tories more frightening, not less frightening. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) If they truly believe in that, yeah, then it's fucking terror town. Um, But still, even in the comparison, Jackie Chan comes out smelling like roses. Yeah, true. I mean, all he did was get his child sent to prison and, you know, leave him with a permanent criminal record. At least he didn't bum him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always. It can always fall. As far as we know. It can always fall further. So, like, the, uh, like I've gone over it, like, extremely broadly. Uh, there's so many details to the case, and we'll probably, like, we probably won't get a satisfying revolution, uh, resolution to it, because... We definitely won't get a satisfying revolution out of it. Yeah, uh, yeah but pow- people in power are, are desperately trying to cover it, cover this up. William Barr being like failing to recuse himself is key yeah. to this. Epstein's lucky that he's been fucking rumbled under a Trump administration. That I'll is tell true. you that. 
Um, That's true. If you ever you want to get uh, get exposed for mm. child sex trafficking and enslavement, then one hundred percent you want it to be under Trump. Yeah, under Trump when the Attorney General is somebody that you've personally provided well, underage girls to. Not even that, like whether or not Trump approves of mm. it's just that, like he literally would not see a problem with it. You know, he's like, mm. yeah, I understand that people are outraged, but I just, I just don't. For the life of me, I can't see what he's done. Yeah, wrong. yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, so he's oh. quite lucky in that in that regard. There's questions around whether he was kind of uh, the primary actor in it and sort of blackmailed. Oh, there's a bunch of fucking CDs with uh, allegedly like famous name hyphen young name oh, yeah. uh, on them, which if they don't, they're definitely going to get destroyed in an evidence locker in uh, NYPD. Yeah. Some un- NYPD precinct. Unless the Snowden but, of this moment has already made copies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we really need. Come on, Snowden of this moment. And maybe it's be not- the, the bravest Snowden so far. Yeah. As well, by the way. Maybe it's not a coincidence that the US has like re-upped its uh, shit on Assange lately. Maybe they're trying to send a message and sent Chelsea Manning back to prison and- Yeah, that's all, all this of stuff. Because there's, there's bigger revelations yet to come. Uh it's America's mm. oh sorry I, Mac, in in his discourses on like effective republican government Machiavelli um, puts the decline and fall of the Roman Empire to the era uh, around um, Emperor Commodus mm. as reign when the Roman Republic stopped renewing its institutions yeah. and just allowed them to become um, power seeking and corrupt and not yeah. fit for purpose. Yeah. And his theory was that once a society entered that point, it had reached a point of no return. That was like s- failure to renew institutions for Machiavelli was the event horizon, at yeah. which point you couldn't, you could prolong the death agonies, but you could not actually save a Yeah, that's interesting. State I mean, that definitely rings true with America yeah, a little bit. 100%. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if, like, I mean, this is the most wildly optimistic uh, thing, but under something like a Sanders presidency, let's assume somehow that he manages to get enough power to actually do stuff and to enact his platform, but the sort of institutional refreshment that he's talking about, if somebody put that in place, I wonder if it would be enough, or if just by the nature of reaching this stage, that sort of refreshment becomes impossible, because I don't think that Sanders will be able to pull it off in his term. Well, Mac felt it was impossible. His yeah. theory was that you basically had to have then uh, a new, an entirely new republic installed if yeah. you were going to try and save society by that point. Mm. Um, admittedly, he was working with kind of incomplete data because a lot of what was yeah. known about Rome was conjecture, but it was also a thinly disguised attack on the Medici family and what they'd done to Florence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also he's not a fucking prophet. He's not a prophet, no. no but it, institutional uh, renewal was like it was, it was the bare minimum standard for keeping a society healthy. It wasn't yeah. enough on its own. Yeah, it was yeah. just one of the basics you had to cover. So I don't think well, I mean, reintroducing yeah. it on its own wouldn't necessarily achieve much. Yeah, yeah. We'll. I mean, we'll see. America definitely feels like a fucking empire on the decline. That that much is obvious. Yeah. Um. This is the first time an empire has collapsed so pathetically, possibly in history as well. 
like uh, so publicly maybe. and so pathetically and due 100% to just its own fucking yeah. cock in mouth syndrome. <laughs> uh, yeah. My question is, assuming that the conspiracy is as widespread as it seems to be, mm. assuming that people on uh, both sides of politics or all walks of like... Uh, life in America where power is wielded. Say say that the rut is really shot through every fucking institution, every wing of politics, every uh, hall of power in, in Wall Street and Washington and New York, uh, which is where Wall Street is. <laughs> um, uh, let's assume that that's true. Let's assume that we get enough knowledge to confirm this, mm. and let's also assume that nothing really comes of it. Yeah, both. As, all of which feel like reasonable assumptions. The latter assumption there is more likely than the adequate information assumption, but it's possible yeah, yeah, yeah. we could get enough information. The adequate information one is is the the shaky bit on which all of this turns, but for my question, we assume that the knowledge becomes widespread. Uh I think that the first parts and the last part are likely that it's extremely widespread and that nothing much will come of it. Uh, how psychically do members of the public deal with that information? Because it's so widespread, so shameless, and so uh, like deeply against all of our myths about what civil society and uh, the justice system and the concept of justice and democratic justice, all of that shit is just torn down wholesale by the prevalence of fucking a giant pedophilia ring in well, the halls of power. I mean, how, how did the majority of Catholics deal with the revelations that their church was complicit in an enormous paedophile ring. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, a good point. They, you, I would say most people uh, remain in denial about the problem. Yeah. Um, they'll put it down to some sort of political manoeuvring. They'll I mean, that's, that's argue that it was a, the bleakest a few answer. bad it feels, apples. It feels very likely. I just don't know how... For, certainly for some people, and I don't know how large this this group is, probably not very large, but certainly for some people it would represent, like, an irreparable shattering of any faith in institution and in kind of national myth. Yeah. I know that, like... I mean, that's... But that's good. You don't, you should, there shouldn't yeah, be yeah, faith yeah. in institutions or national myths. I'm but- already, like, basically there, but, like, <clears throat> I'm in that camp of, like, not not just shattering of faith in them as they exist now, but, like, the entire, like, project of modernity in terms of, like, politics and the state and uh, modern morals and kind of... Mm. uh, I mean, there's there's danger that this will... um, A really bad outcome is if the public are like, oh... All of the maddest people on the internet are correct. Well, yeah, that's and we another should start listening to these validated prophets. Yeah. So Trump is trying to. <laughs> Thanks for exposing the pedophiles, Trump. 
I think it's really hard to predict where this kind of trauma it feels could go. it feels like fucking it uncharted could, territory it could go nowhere like with so many catholics mm. it could just be too much to come to terms with and that, you just that feels like it. the most likely thing yeah. it'll roll into the gray with everything else um you know i i can't remember who it was cuz this is a radio interview that i listened to many many years ago mm. but he was a uh, basically his job was he conducted um, private investigations on behalf of the Catholic Church into allegations around mm. um, priestly misconduct, uh, specifically sexual misconduct, rape, if you will. Yes, and I, I will. he turned these reports over to the church and not much happened. And one of his statements, this was during the tenure of um, JP2, was that Jean-Paul II, in his view, just was not mentally, cognitively competent to accept the fact that there was an enormous paedophilic organisation in his church. Yeah. Like, Jean-Paul II was so naive (coughs) and so just kind of like, no, but you joined the Catholic Church because you want to do Catholicism. Mm. Uh, just could not, ex- literally, yeah, was not capable of believing yeah. that his cherished institution was a criminal sex enterprise. Yeah. And I can kind of see that if people have invested their whole life in something, mm. that then it turns out to be the moral antithesis of what they always thought it was. Mm. That's not a moment that everybody can wrap their heads around. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I think that's the kind of... The bizarre thing is it's almost the same mechanism as the one that creates conspiracy theory in the first place. Like psychological foreclosure, right? Yeah. Where you see a truth and you turn away from it. And it's either like denial or through some abstruse fucking uh, rationality, which is what conspiracy theory ultimately is, is like an immuno response with where the rational mind is like, oh, well... It can't be because, you know, uh, the power divide between the rich and the poor is enough that they just don't care about fucking me over. It's because aliens contacted Ronald Reagan and told him to build Star Wars as an intergalactic portal to stop yeah. the Russians. Who I were, mean, I, like, yeah, I think a lot of the conspiracy theories we have to <coughs> live with at the moment mm-hmm. um, come from the facts because a lot of them are from conservatives, yeah, and they <clears throat> have to basically justify the fact that um, most people have difficult, stressful, horrible lives where they don't earn enough money to do more than scrape by, Mm. and they have to square that with the fact that they want capitalism to be a workable, good system that people enjoy. And so, of course, the problem is a conspiracy. Yeah. Jews, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And witches served that purpose in the Middle Ages, you know, the king is here mm. because God has pu- put him here. Yeah. Everything flows from the king. Therefore, the reason our system isn't working is because yeah. the devil has agents and manipulating now, it. And now pedophiles serve that function in our <sighs> unjustly persecuted. But, like, that's the weird thing here is because the great truth that has to be confronted in this case isn't that people are immiserated, that uh, power isn't working for people anymore. It's that power is 
doing all of the shit that a traditional conspiracy theory would do. So when people come up against that and they have two paths and, and they, they foreclose on it. Yeah. And they don't just uh, healthily kind of embrace it and see what they can do with it. So there are two options of denial, which <gasps> is the Sorry. kind of John Paul thing. I just realized Jews work for the Middle Ages one as well. Anyway, carry on. I think Jews work <laughs> for, for all. all of them oh throughout history. God. They've had a really rough time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so so the truth is revealed, the mind forecloses, half of the people go into denial, that kind of like just refusing to, to brook it and downplaying it and shit. The other half go down the conspiracy theory route, but the truth is already a gigantic conspiracy. So what happens with those fucking people? Is that they have That's to- That's probably the political rationality thing, right? That this has all been put together by- yeah, they have Fucking. to figure out who's responsible for the appearance of this conspiracy. Like, what's the yeah. wheel within the wheel? Yeah. Then you're getting framed. into Frank Herbert fucking yeah. territory where it's like, yeah. well, if the Bene Gesserit have created the Quisar Tatarak. <laughs> yeah, is Epstein the Quisar Tatarak in this? Because <laughs> I'm not... Or maybe Trump is definitely uh, Harkonnen, Baron Harkonnen, and it's like, with his like, grotesque the, sons. Benny Gesserit are the good guys, then that mm. means that the, the protagonists are actually the bad guys. Yeah. Oh, I hate June. <laughs> I like June. I like uh, the first book. Oh, yeah. Got over it very quickly yeah, after you, that. You, there's no reason to really keep going. There's some wild shit in there. Like, one of the kids. God Emperor of June is, is the one the where. Sandworm, where yeah, that's, where, that's the book the... where Frank Herbert thinks he's Nietzsche and just goes on this fucking <laughs> yeah. bizarre metaphysical rant about yeah. how to create the perfect dystopia that's actually yeah. utopia in kind of germination. Yeah. So, and then the machines come back and. Mm. Then it's like, and surprise, Duncan Idaho's the actual Quisar Tatarak. Yes, the only character who's been in every book over a 40,000 year story (laughs) turns out to be the main character. It's like, Frank, don't you think that just because you had some insight and foresight about resource wars and native population exploitation, (laughs) do you really think that that equips you for what you're trying to do here? Are you aware that you're a batshit crazy eugenicist as well as all these other things? Yeah, 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 that as well. (laughs) It's funny, after the first book came out, he's like, sandworms are a metaphor for tanks. And then, like, (laughs) three books later, it's like, oh, fuck, what do we need to understand about the universal principle of... So, the the very last book... It's like waiting for Godot in space. Mm. So, like, it, it's all the cast are back as mm. children on a on a, a no ship, yeah, which is hiding from the machines. The Baron's back. Like, every, literally yeah. everyone's back. It's fucking ridiculous. That's uh, yeah, hard to take over the course. And they of- find a planet of Jews. And they take a rabbi up on the ship for some reason, and he complains for the entire story. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, a man. cowardly um, complaining <laughs> rabbi who yeah. doesn't seem to serve any purpose. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's so weird. You <laughs> tell me this, maybe. I think Frank Herbert got syphilis at some point. We all know that you're in the spice. <laughs> you're not fooling any. Melange, yeah. they call it. <laughs> ah, uh, fagakta. Uh. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, so that was just before he died, I'm guessing. And yeah. Much. Yeah. That book was put together by his son and another guy. Yeah. From um, the 
always reliable notes that dead writers leave behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Decipherable and reliable. I think about that sometime and it's like, I, I obviously don't have anybody who would continue one of my projects, but if somebody came across my notes for like projects that I'm halfway through or haven't started yet, they would put together the shittest fucking work. Oh my God. Ever. It's just inevitable. Um... I think that, like, the Holocaust is maybe the closest analogy we have to this. Not comparing... In terms uh, of, like, public Scale reaction. and atrocity. But, yeah, but, yeah, that was a really, really grand conspiracy involving a lot of people that people didn't know about until quite late in the game. That's true. And then public reaction to that. There were a lot of Germans at the time who were like, oh, it didn't happen. Well, of course. There's no way we could have... Like, Australians these days mm. with the concentration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly have, the same yeah. thing. And then there are a lot of people that get conspiracy theory about it, that people have inflated the numbers or that uh, fucking Hitler was set up or or whatever. So maybe it'll just be like that, which is to say that history will grind on unchanged and turn us all into flour. Look, the Jordan B. Peterson community, by which Uh, I mean the people who actually have not only... Do they believe that hierarchies are necessary, but they have mm. an emotional attachment to hierarchies and an investment in hierarchies? Yeah. And some of these people are conspiracy nuts as well, yeah. who hate the hierarchy, but they also have an emotional investment in it and they don't yeah. want to see it actually fail. Yeah. They will find a conspiracy beyond the conspiracy. For yeah. sure they will. Yeah. Um, the question is, will it lead to any meaningful change in American society or politics? And mm. I vote no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on the current level of nobody seeming to give a shit outside of, like, actual pe- people who are already revolutionary socialists yeah. in America anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Um you, you anti-pedophiles are just preaching to the choir. Oh, yeah. Anti-fascist, anti-pedo, what's next <laughs> on yeah. the loony left agenda? <laughs> anyway, uh, for more, we should we should push on. I think that you're right. I think that that's the, the depressing answer and the most likely outcome. Yeah, I, I think American um, politics is way too far gone. If anything does change, it will be like um a post hoc change it'll be after yeah, yeah. after like say if the democrat if the justice democrats do manage to get a critical mass in the party yeah. and push for um a kind of reinvigoration of american politics and society then something might happen yeah but, a nuremberg kind of after yeah. the fact kind of yeah like a mandela moment yeah. right the big kind of opening up and reconciling kind yeah. of thing otherwise under the current corpse's pile <laughs> yeah no nothing um yeah, so if you want actual details on the case uh, from people with notes and stuff, I would recommend uh, Chapo's uh, episode 335, Shrugging Towards Bethlehem. It's one of their uh, premium ones, but I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or something. And then uh, the Grubs Takers episode with Matt Chrisman and Nick Mullen on, on the case. Matt Chrisman quickly becoming America's foremost... Uh, authority on the Epstein case. <laughs> and it's fucking wonderful watching him descend into madness, absolutely powerless to stop the fingers of conspiracy theory from grasping his brain. It's tremendous. Matt it's- was born for that. Uh, and um, Robert Evans, former cracked writer on yeah. Never Mind the Bastards, does two hours on Behind Epstein. the Bastards. Sorry, Behind the Bastards, not <laughs> Never Mind, Mind the, the Bastards. Yeah. That's a TV show that I like. <laughs> well, I used to like. Yeah. 
um, once upon a time in in in, in the in the Simon Amstel and Mark Lamar days. Yeah. It's actually a very long time ago now. Yeah, it's fucking ages ago. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. When was that? Fucking two thousand and five yeah. or something? Oh, yeah, no, I'm pretty like, sure Amstel's middle aged now, and Mark Lamar probably has crutches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also good. So yeah, there's a lot of detail on it. Go and seek it out if you're interested. Uh, and then come fucking join the Insanity Club. But don't bother asking a professional journalist because they apparently have no fucking. No, that's the thing. Time. It's being broken exclusively by podcasts. Like this is really a watershed moment in fucking uh, media. Yeah, because there's no like. I mean, not to say that the press haven't. Obvi- they have done like a minimal report. Yeah, they're not. A, they're not suggesting that it didn't happen or whatever. They just but weirdly don't care. Until there's, it, yeah, until there's like a Snowden situation and there's a bunch of uh, notes to leak to fucking Glenn Greenwald or something like. Or Robert Mueller investigates the pedophiles and after seven oh, years. Oh, keep him away for <laughs> fuck's sake. If Mueller gets close to the fucking Epstein investigation, then we might as well just start fucking kids because it'll be normalized within fucking a decade. Jesus. But I don't want to, Kieran. Neither do I. <laughs> we got to grow with the times, I don't, Darcy. I don't not do it because it's illegal. I've got an interesting do, editorial d- for you to read by a legal <laughs> academic named Alan Dershowitz. Oh, no. I hate being talked into sex crimes. It's the worst. A legal editorial based on the premise that the reader is pro-life is such a wildly narrow needle to thread. Oh, well, as I'm about to reveal with mm. my... With my B topic, yeah, let's be topic. It's kind of a, it's a it's a growing uh, island. Yeah, yeah. So, Long episode this uh, this time, but that's all right. Well, you're it's not okay get one because for two months. So yeah, Kieran's going to portion this out, America. Like, Listen to this in five minute intervals. Portion it out like Lembus bread. Not the most useful advice two hours into the show, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> go back. Hey, if we are anything, it is useful. Yeah, that's here on weakness that's good. of weakness. So let's hear about it. Let's hear about fucking. B topic. All right. Quote. The Prime Minister. Hmm. The harder people work, the more they earn. The more they keep of what they earn. That's Scott Morrison in Parliament. I hate this shit. Justify his tax cuts with what yeah. the more perceptive of you might realise mm. as a nascent understanding of Marx's labour theory of value there. <laughs> so, good things could be in the wings. <laughs> oh, I'm optimistic. He's come around. Our boy. Scott Morrison's so stupid that he thinks his evil plan is coming to fruition and it turns out he's accidentally saved the world with <laughs> an enlightened Look, social revolution. fucking at this point in time, he could be our only... <laughs> so... <laughs> Scott... Uh, yep. Uh, some of you listeners may, may be wondering what the fucking problem is with our Prime Minister <laughs> and what it is exactly that gives him that vacant look of idiot happiness on his incredibly... Th- thick and unappealing face Mm. as he constantly drinks on the job, dresses like his mother has helped him because he has an acquired brain injury, and makes a complete pig's breakfast of ockerisms. Mm. And what's wrong with him? (laughs) Pig's breakfast is his fucking, like, if (laughs) if we had, uh, like... Secret Service code names, like in the US. Oh like, my god, he would be pig's like breakfast. Like Reagan he? was rawhide and shit, and it would be like, yeah, pig's breakfast has left the lodge. 
And he's fallen over. <laughs> <laughs> the Prime Minister is down. The Prime Minister is down. Uh, he's fallen onto his back as well, so we are going to need someone to roll him over. <laughs> he's waving his limbs in the air. <laughs> We've got a Christmas beetle for our <laughs> national leader. Um, a very particular, particular, particular brand of Christianity is what is wrong with Scott Morrison. Yeah. As well as the usual mental illness that is being part of a powerful um, mm. elite yeah. closeted from reality. Yeah. He has chosen to f- take on further impairment mm. by becoming a modern day Pentecostal. Mm. Now, Pentecostal is very different to what most of us would recognize as Christianity. Um it is a particularly Protestant bullshit form of Christianity mm. for Christians who haven't read the Bible. <laughs> like I can't stress that enough. Mm. It is antithetical yeah. to Christianity, what is mm. taught and administered at Pentecostal churches, and not in a yeah. good way, not yeah. in a, like, all science and logic sort of way. No. In a, in a way that makes Roman Catholicism seem like a morally superior and yeah. more rational choice. Well, what it, kind of way? Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, it's like they just... It's the opposite of everything that Jesus said. And it always comes off as a little bit naive and dumb when it's like, actually, Jesus <laughs> said this. But... Yeah, but like, if you're... Sp- the truth. If, the Generally, con- <laughs> he was an all right dude. In, in the, the stuff c- that he said, fairly clear moral instruction for the most part. Very clear moral instruction, very specifically for a very specific purpose, which was preparing your soul for the end of the world, which <laughs> didn't happen. And we can forget yeah. about Christianity and put it on a shelf because it's been its hypothesis failed yeah. when he did not uh, return to Earth within the lifetimes of those who were there with him. But we'll yeah. leave that aside for now. We're going to assume that... Maybe Epstein is the fourth horseman. I was talking with Murray the other day, and we were trying to figure out who the four horsemen of the apocalypse are. Well, like, today. Ass- yeah, assuming that it's probably, like, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, and Scott Morrison, maybe, or he might just be a minor monster, a minor goblin. Uh, and then we were talking, like, maybe it's Marine Le Pen, like, maybe she's going to come in, and that would make the fourth one being death, of course. Maybe it well, was Epstein. Well, so Putin is famine. Well, see, I'm not sure about, like... Because that was Murray's uh, instinct as well, to be like, oh, it's Putin and Jinping and uh, Assad and shit like that. And it's like, no, those are all... No, Assad's fucking only a threat to his own people. He's no yeah, threat yeah, to yeah. anybody else. So it's like, it could be Putin, but like he genuinely... I don't know. He, he just hasn't... tricked the Americans into scrapping the nuclear treaty. That's a story. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's that was true. fucking cunning of him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's true. He is. I was just thinking, like he has. It doesn't seem like he's made big, sort of global moves for a while. He's gonna but, die soon. Yeah. So he that would make well. So, so in far. order of appearance, Putin's first. That makes him the conqueror, or famine. Uh right. Yes. And then it's been a while since I read Revelation. I was. I was. <clears throat> I was just looking it up the other day. Uh and then <laughs> like well over a decade. What does that make him? Pestilence. I forget who well, comes I first. Think, I think war is second and war death is, is second, fourth. Death is fourth. Um, famine is third. Famine is third. So because... Boris Johnson is famine. Because I was arguing that Boris Johnson is quite good for famine because... Because uh, of what's going to happen to British people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Donald Trump as war makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So then who's death? And I, I guess I was saying that maybe it's Epstein, but uh, no. It would have to be a world leader, I guess, get elected. It can't be Scott Morrison. (laughs) 
Scott Morrison's like one of the fucking eye monsters that turns up. There. Yeah. He's one of, one of the, or he's the yeah, beast yeah. that the whore of nations is riding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not a proper character. He's one of the <laughs> thousands of uh, scorpion tailed locusts that come up from the pit where Abaddon, yeah. Lord of the Pit, comes from. Or he's a demon that takes the form of a wheel for fuck knows what reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck, Revelation is pretty cool, hey? <laughs> John was pretty very metal. old when he was getting into the book of Revelation. I think he might have been on well. Yeah, but, it is but very so metal, extremely metal, very metal for a fucking <laughs> demented old man having <laughs> terrible nightmares. <laughs> to just be like, all right, so there's a pit somewhere where there's a demon called a Abaddon who's going to rise up with millions of scorpion-tailed locusts and just spoil the world. And it's like, did you just come up with that, John? Are you all right? Do you think we should put this bit of John's in the Bible? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. sure. Fucking what else are we going to put in there? That's the whole point. It comes at the end. It's it's, the climax. It's it's John. (laughs) Oh, you're saying that they're just being nice to him. I'm coming from a very ScoMo thing. It's like, where's the pizzazz? Where's the sizzle? How do we sell these fucking gross sausages? What is the biblical version of 100% pure New Zealand? Yeah. Anyway, maybe it's Marine Le Pen. Whoever it is, they're not here yet. They're not- th- No. Thankfully, stroke. Regrettably. Because it would be uh, nice to get this over, I sometimes think. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I derailed you with my oddly genuine belief in the prophecy of revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, if I've read some shit, it's that book. Apart from the last chapter. That seems pretty <laughs> yeah. on the money. <laughs> Solid. I gotta tell you, it all makes sense. Listen, Putin is. Actually, he was just sketching out a seventies concept album. That's all it was. Yeah, basically. Yeah, a hundred percent. That for yes. Um. (laughs) Yeah. So Pentecostalism is, I say, uh, basically Christianity for Christians who've never read the Bible, and the dogma holds that health and wealth are gifts from God, Mm. in exchange for faith, and very importantly. Tithes. Tithes. Um, Pentecostalism is one of the few denominations of Christianity in Australia that makes a big deal out of tithing. The mm. Anglicans and the Catholics kind of leave it alone. Yeah. They well, ask, they pass the plate around. They pass the stuff. plate around, but that's not for the church. That's theoretically for the relief of the poor. Well, there's having grown up Catholic, I can tell you there's two different uh, envelopes that you can do. You can oh, contribute okay. to the upkeep of the parish or you can contribute to their outreach ship. But as a Pentecostal, you are expected to do proper tithing. Yeah. As in, like, a kind of fixed income percentage monthly contribution to the church. Yeah. I also uh, realized that I just presented my parish that I grew up in as the total experience of all... I don't know <laughs> if they do that at other churches. I, anyway. My experience of... So, I went to a Catholic primary school, mm. and St. Michael's certainly did not put any pressure on yeah, the yeah, yeah. parish for money. They, there was a donations... Like, space to donate if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. But there was no expectation that people but, would be doing it. With the but Pentecostals. It's like a... Is quite it, poor back then as well. Yeah, yeah. Is it like a fixed percentage, like the the American ones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the Pentecostals... Everything about the Pentecostal movement in Australia is just taken wholesale from American Pentecostalism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it's, it has its genesis in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially the capitalization of religion, yeah, uh, of a Christian religion specifically. Mm. Um, in earlier times, it would have been recognized as a disgusting, heretical uh, aberration and mm. 
justly and violently persecuted. Yeah. And it's a really good argument for Sir Thomas More's um, relentless torture and um, murder of Protestant protest <laughs> in, in, in the 16th century. Yeah. You know, I, I, I he saw what was ha- coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is legitimately one of the most interesting things about Christianity is like- The Pope needs picking, to burn these people. Picking between the Pope and the, <laughs> the Protestants and like watching that fight play out. And like a lot of the time it's like, you gotta fucking give it to the Catholics on almost everything <laughs> except for rampant child sex abuse, which <laughs> is admittedly a big gonna 100% one. 100% catch up with the Protestants. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course. Uh, it took but, the prods to make the Catholics look good. Yeah. <laughs> But I got to tell you, the style, the ghost shit, the fucking, the most haunted religion, and yeah, they're not fucking Pentecostals. I'll give them that for sure. Uh, if you're going to follow Christianity, like, you, mm. you may as well adopt the tradition of fucking, you know, Thomas Aquinas and yeah. Augustine of Hippo and not- yeah. Would you rather hang out with fucking Scott Morrison or some tortured Jesuit philosopher with a ge- <laughs> who's yeah, like I would pick, also a socialist? You've got Evelyn War and Graham Greene versus yeah, literally like modern Christian rock. Yeah. <laughs> There's no competition. It's fucked, man. Go Catholic all the way. Fucking sixteen. Oh no, sixteen horsepower might be like Baptist or something. Never mind. That sounds Baptist. Uh, Scott Morrison was originally a conventional Baptist. But as he grew in wealth and influence and power, his Mm. focus shifted to Pentecostalism. Funny that. Because Pentecostalism really makes it clear to Christians that it's okay to have wealth and power. In fact, you're supposed to. It's God's reward for your goodness. There's that book that's just, You Need More Money, is the title in big, like, a line per word. And then in between is, like, God's incredible plan for you. Is that by Pastor Dollar? Uh, I, think, I forget his first name because his uh, surname's look, literally Dollar. And he's <laughs> a prosperity preacher uh, who has <clears throat> been um, charged with um, extreme acts of violence towards his children. Oh, uh, what a surprise. The charges uh, were dropped. I'll look it up while he, you... Uh... He agreed to have anger management counselling, so that's fine. Oh, totally reasonable then. Yeah, that's yeah. what you... Anyway, <laughs> rapidly move along from Mr. Uh, Dollar. Yeah, I'll look it up while you... Uh... So, the Pentecostals believe that the Bible is literally a contract with God, uh, promising cash for love. Yeah. Um, Thus, confusing their half of the Bible with the Old Testament half for the Jews. Mm. There's 100% arse-ended, the relationship between Christians and God and Jews and God. And it's at this point I should make clear... It's Brian Houston. Brian Houston. Ah! Now, Houston... Was the Hillsong guy, I think. Right. He didn't do... Um, Scummo's Church is Horizon. Yeah. They're a smaller one, but they're basically, like, the same as Hillsong. Yeah. Discovering God's amazing financial plan for your life. Yeah. You Need More Money by Brian Houston. Now, yeah. of the 12 disciples of Jesus, who yep. I think we can probably go out on a limb and say, quite good Christians. Um, oh, except for Thomas. He struggled a bit. He struggled a bit, but they were pretty good. He came good, yeah. You know, Jesus handpicked them. He seemed happy with them because he- Peter had a rocky patch. He was like, oh, now, Do you now, like now, that? now, 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 <laughs> That's the best fucking pun I think I've ever <laughs> come up with. Kieran's making a martyrdom joke there. <laughs> well, because Peter means rock. That's He's right. the rock of the church. The rock of the church, because he was the uh, first bishop of Rome. Holy shit, the thrill. I can see why those fucking pantomime dickheads in Britain do that all the time. <laughs> the thrill of coming up with that. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, the panel shows have gone downhill quite a bit since since never mind the buzzcocks actually. Everything is in decline. The 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 the, the tens have been a bad decade for British comedy, yeah. if you ask me. Jimmy Carr's given it a go, but yeah, it's fundamentally not a radical enough. Uh, uh, no, no, he's only interested in money. Personality. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'll but swing us back. On to if I if I may, of of the uh, hand picked twelve disciples of Jesus, who were pretty mm. good Christians on the whole, he was happy with them. Uh, Literally only one of them actually made any money out of his relationship with Jesus, and that was Judas Iscariot. Yeah. All uh, of the other ones died poor and mm. lived lives of poverty. In well, fact, I mean, Judas died poor as well, because he fucking Well, the... it depends on which story. In oh, okay, another yes. account, he spent the money on a property investment, mm. and when he set foot in it, he fell forward and his bowels burst open. Oh, um, which Jesus. is nice. <laughs> Man, do not fuck with God. Oh, no, no. If you believe in his existence, it's very yeah. foolish to fuck with him. But it's also like Jesus is like, remember, this is God's plan for you. Yeah. He loves you. It's fated. There's nothing you can do about it. And then smash cut to trip. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you yeah. for fulfilling my destiny, uh, Judas, without whom none of my uh, father's plan could have come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. Nah, God's an asshole. But anyway... Well, Judas needs one now. Aye. The uh, the disciples, who, who were pretty good Christians, mm. who Jesus was very happy with personally, yeah. were sent out as apostles. Mm. Jesus basically said they were allowed to have a staff... Mm-hmm. They're allowed to carry two tunics. Well, presumably wearing one tunic and carrying another one. Yeah. They're allowed to have their sandals. Yeah. Those were literally the possessions they're allowed to have for the rest of their lives. They were specifically yeah. forbade from having wallets. Mm. And in case that wasn't clear enough, they were also specifically forbade from having money. <laughs> so they're just walking around with coins in their hands, loose. You're like, he didn't say anything about money. Yeah, and he was like, nah, I got you. No money either. Like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. What do we do if people won't feed us? Well, you were to storm out of town in a huff, was Mm. Jesus' advice to them. Yeah. Just be a total bitch about it. (laughs) All of them had horrible deaths. They'll give in eventually. They all died in extremely poor health. Yeah. Apart from John, who died writing the book of Revelations. Yeah. (laughs) But he still died poor and- Based on the Book of Revelations, probably quite confused and unhappy. I think it's mm, fair to say. Mm. Uh, and all of this is literally at one hundred and eighty degree opposition to mm. Scott Morrison's interpretation of Christianity, yeah. which is such an aberrant, such a deranged, mm. such an illogical and inconsistent notion of Christianity that I think it's perfectly fair to call it a heretical, yeah, hundred uh, percent strain. If the religion that you're talking about literally has a line, this is the problem where it's just too poetic for its own good, and it's not very poetic, but just too poetic for its own good, where he's like, listen, it'd be easier if you get a fucking camel <laughs> through the eye of a fucking needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Yeah. And he then- didn't say that. Yeah. Did your private school also tell you that it was the eye of the, the needle eye of the is needle a gate to the wall the of Jerusalem, whatever? <laughs> and it yeah. was fine. difficult, you but could not just impossible. About get it through. Yeah, Wesley yeah. gave us the same fucking bullshit. Absolute <laughs> fucking codswallop. So what you're telling Means. me is that Jesus just told a pointless story. 
Jesus is saying it would be easier for a camel to get through a small but adequate gate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then it would be. Why would you ever draw that simple. comparison? When has anybody <laughs> expended the mental effort to cook up a metaphor Why or the fuck a would parable? the gate be referred to as the eye of it? makes no sense. Yeah. It's fucking, it's so dumb. It's it means so dumb. what it appears to mean at first glance. Yeah. How many angels could dance on the head of a pin? Oh, well, actually, head of the pin was a popular nightclub in London in the 1970s. So Thousands can... of people could fit. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was like Chilkoot Charlie's in Alaska. We know the exact number be- uh, as 2,401 because that's how many people died when it caught on fire. <laughs> <sighs> Nightclubs are always burning down. Uh, because they are run by negligent fuckwits. Mm. Uh, Absolutely, Scott Morrison is a heretic. <laughs> I really like this train of being like right? advocating on behalf of Christianity against Christians. Well, I'm worried for Christians, right? Yeah. Because there's a big problem with Pentecostals, apart from the fact that they are disgusting heretics who are twisting the uh, the, 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 the faith yeah. and the message of Jesus for mm. filthy lucre. Yeah. Also one of his better expressions, I, f- I think you'll agree. Mm. Uh, Pentecostals mm. are the equal second largest Christian denomination in Australia. Oh, they really? are tied with Anglicans. They are just Holy behind shit. Catholics. Holy shit. Yeah. I had no idea about that. And because um, the average age of a Pentecostal is bet- like late 30s, early 40s, and the average age of an Anglican or a yeah. Catholic is late 60s, early 70s. They're going to take it over. Pentecostals are going to be the biggest Christian denomination in what is now basically, officially, the Pacific Ocean, Texas. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's bleak. I mean, we it just makes- have iron and coal instead of oil, but otherwise- yeah. We are now an interchangeable shithole. It makes sense when you see that, like... I know Horizon is distinct from Hillsong or whatever, but when you see the production values that Hillsong puts into, like, capturing young people, it's like one of the fucking bliss segments from Far Cry 5 where the the Faith character just takes you to this hallucinatory paradise where she's like, see, you can be happy, and it's all, like, white and beautiful strings and people clapping and then some shit rock band. Oh, 100%. Uh, so, I, I have been to a Pentecostal um, service yeah, um, because a friend thought it would do me some good. And I agreed with her, but for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you a little bit about what goes on in, Please. in these, um, these incredibly creepy, weird chambers. Yeah. So, <clears throat> if you... Like, so, we're both familiar with the Catholic Mass. I'm also mm. fairly familiar with C of E Mass. Yeah. What goes on at a Pentecostal church session has literally nothing to do with any kind of Christian dogma or doctrine Mm. other than like, it's the theme of the restaurant. basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the pastor does not. (laughs) It's it's like when you go to the drunken Admiral in Perth, you don't really learn how to fix a mizzen mast. (laughs) Yeah. You get a big drink. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Come into our old English taverna. What do you serve? American fast food. Awesome. (laughs) Some some guy with that dog shit. How are you doing, Gav? Like that fucking terrible English accent that all Americans do. Oh, Jesus. Oh, spot of tea. (laughs) You're doing it too well because you've watched Monty Python. (laughs) You sound like um, Terry Jones impersonating a woman. (laughs) Yeah, that's the... It's the vibe. Father of drag, Terry Jones. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, LGBTQI plus icon. Um, he's gone mad, hasn't he? I think he maybe, yes. Yeah, we should, shouldn't be too mean to Terry. Um, <laughs> done little to deserve meanness anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, so that's right. The, the pastor will not engage in anything like... The, the, there's no homily. Mm. There's no kind of theological lesson or discussion. Yeah. It's literally just um, like one of those self-empowerment pump-up seminars that idiot American business people do. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like, yeah, I can do anything. Pump up the jam. More noise, more noise, more noise. Are yeah. you feeling good yet? No. More noise, more noise, more noise. Are you feeling good yet? No. More noise, more noise, more... It goes on for yeah. hours, it feels like. Tom Cruise in Magnolia style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 100% just basically like... And, you know, Jesus is love. Love is Christ. Yeah. You know, it's a it's essentially a, a charismatic uh, narcissism cult. Yeah, yeah. With, with Christian fittings and fixtures. Yeah. And it teaches people that if they are happy and healthy and wealthy, it's because God is rewarding them for their faith. Yeah. And if they are not, if they are unhealthy, if they are poor, if they are struggling, is God's punishment for literal direct moral failure. Yeah. So it takes the um, kind of disgusting moralization of wealth and poverty that we were already enduring as a result of neoliberalism, mm. and it gives it an actual fucking spiritual dimension. Yeah. A literal theology to accompany grotesque. the pseudo-theology of liberal economics. There is now a proper fucking spiritual cult that ah, says the legitimate. poor deserve to be poor. It's illegitimate, but you know, a real- no, no, no. I was, I was, I was. I interrupted myself because I didn't want to uh, step on you. But uh, like, I say the phrase "turned my stomach" a lot. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had a legitimate thrill of nausea. It's when fucked I, when I thought about that. And the prime minister of our country subscribes to it. Oh, uh, yep. And it is the fastest rising, and soon will be the largest denomination of Christianity in this country. Mm. And it is intensely homophobic. Oh, yeah. It is intensely opposed to women's rights and liberation, every area where the Church of England and the Catholic Church are beginning to kind of... Well, the Church of England reasonably, effectively, for a large religious institution, Mm. the Catholics cravenly and tediously, but are starting to make concessions around the fact that women are existing humans that we have to accept a part of our community. And that, you know... No, Jesus never actually said anything about homosexuality. That's a fair point. All yeah. these things are starting to slowly thaw. Yeah. The of course. fucking uh, Pentecostals are just 100,000% against. Zipping. Uh, zipping past. Just and they the present point. it as as and, yeah. something that is woke. Like, they're, they're, they're kind of taking on youth woke culture. Yeah. You know... And they're presenting retrograde ideas as progressive ideas yeah, by yeah. saying things like, it's really important that we understand that it's not a woman's fault if mm. she commits the sin of abortion. Yeah. Don't treat her like it's her fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the sin we have to focus on. It's not his fault yeah. if he's a homosexual. Don't focus on the blame. The insinuation being so fucking mm-hmm. thick in the air that, of course, it's their fault. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cl- That's shit right out it, of the it, like. It turns everything into a question of moral oh, worthiness versus yeah. moral unworthiness. Yeah. And if you happen to be from the uh, lucky end of town, you're yeah. morally worthy. And if you don't, you're not. It's amazing. Yeah. Notorious uh, moral giants. 
Genghis Khan, uh, Nero, Emperor Nero. Emperor Nero was famously moral. Yeah. The uh, Koch brothers. The Koch brothers. Fucking Saddam Hussein. The East India Trading Company. The East India Trading Stalin. Company. Stalin. Stalin, Hitler. Yeah. Mao. Fuck. It's, <laughs> it's in much the same way that, well, yeah, because it's the same idea. In the same way as saying that, like, rich is good is directly against uh, the Bible, it's almost as if it's actually the opposite in the real world as well. Yeah. It's almost exactly the opposite. <clears throat> there have been some okay rich people, I'm sure, but generally speaking, the trend is exactly Look, the opposite of what the fucking Pentecostals claim. I, I find... Um, that surprises nobody, I'm sure. <laughs> I find the problem with rich people versus poor people is not an individual moral issue. No, 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 no. It's no, systemic. However, mm. you are far, far, far more likely to find... If you've got a room full of people and one of them has spent his life attempting mm. to make himself more powerful than everybody else around him, yeah. the odds that he's an asshole are pretty fucking huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it I guess in- it's the difference between if you're like, you know a small businessman or a doctor and you've made a couple of hundred grand a year for a couple of decades. Yeah. We can call that rich. It's definitely comfortable. Mm. But that's, you know, kind of incidental riches. Mm. It's not been the point of what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a hundred... I think it it does kind of work often in both directions. Definitely the people who are immoral psychopaths are more likely to strive and succeed in cutthroat uh, wealth acquisition. But also there, there is a thing that like, if you get a certain level of, depending on your set, like your social set and, and, and what, uh, form of activity you do to get that money. But certainly when you acquire a certain amount of money, it seems to have a morally compromising effect. If you're hanging around people who are fucking say also pretty wealthy and you start to get it into your head that maybe you don't want to have tax taken out of your income or whatever, or maybe because you've worked so hard that those quote unquote dull bludgers need to just work harder and like, it works from both directions is what I'm saying. Like they're very vulnerable to the idea of where good, they're bad to begin with just as a baseline. That's true. That's very true. And wealth is incredible at stoking that divide. The myth of the meritocracy is poisonous and dangerous. Mm. And now that there's a theological element to it, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Because the Prime Minister literally... Uh, there's a, well, Look, there's a very high chance mm. that Scott Morrison believes he is doing the right thing morally yeah. by depriving the poor of services and enriching yeah, the wealthy. Yeah. If he believes that wealth distribution mm-hmm. is a matter of divine will in exchange for um, spiritual worthiness, yeah. and it's there's really- no telling the harm that he could do. It's it's no mistake that, like, this tax cut, sh- or no coincidence that this tax cut uh, shit that caused him to say that fucking preposterous uh, quote is happening at the same time as the, the really big debate about New Start and, uh, and shit like that is because it's, it's, it has this uh, theological element which leads him to feel completely justified, but it's also just bled out into policy discussions now and non-religious Australians are fully on board with that kind of idea. Like that's been stealthed into our, 
into our ideology for, for decades now. The idea that the harder you work, the more money you get. Yeah. You take risks, you get money. And it, it started in America with, and I don't think this is a coincidence, the primordial internet, which was the um, uh, fact that in America anybody could set up a radio station and broadcast yeah, yeah. if they felt that they wanted to. Yeah. You know, uh, that was the beginning of, of this shit spreading. Um, in a lot of the country, it was all you had to listen to. Yeah. Um, a lot of the pastors were good speakers. Always be fucking very wary of charismatic people, by the way. Yeah, yeah. They are sometimes fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay, for instance. Yeah. But uh, most of us, not so great. Mm. A lot of us are manipulative and dangerous. <laughs> a lot of people are charismatic on purpose. Yeah. I'm neither charismatic nor good. So you, you are... Can just- Steering, very, very, steering. very dull and malignant. Yeah, like uh, skin cancer. I was going to say one of those like deep tissue tumors that's not near any nerves. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't notice it yeah. until it's the size of a watermelon because <laughs> it's in your ass and Karen? somebody's like, "Oh, somebody's been working out." I'm like what the fuck? Makes one ass cheek gigantic. Oh, it's a tumor. Great. <laughs> That's good. I was worried that I was sleep squatting on just one leg. Yeah. I'm glad that's not been happening, because that'd be fucking mental. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, so I'm calling on um, Anglican and Catholic listeners yeah. to write, please, to the bishops of Melbourne and God, Sydney. War. God, war. We need a war. cross-denominational inquisition established, and we need to bring back... Uh, yeah. Village Square burnings. Yeah, we need some fucking Templars and it's shit It's been too well, long right? since... Fucking religious nutcases were persecuted in this mm. society, and we need yeah. to bring it back. Yeah, let's get it's some time. wild fucking shit happening. You're essentially a cabal of uh, inscrutable divine wizards. So get some of that fucking vim and vigor back into yeah. your shit. Remember the Cadaver Synod? No more you pluralistic that? hippie shit. You remember when you dug up the fucking corpse of a pope that you hated? Put him on trial and then threw him in the fucking river. More of that. More of that. Go after them. Um, None of this separation of church and the state. It's too dangerous. <laughs> state religion. I'm way too vulnerable to this shit, to the aesthetics of religion <laughs> and like getting excited about it. Getting excited about arguing on behalf of one sect, despite not having any religious stake in it. All of the, um, like, people I know who have remained in the Catholic and Protestant churches Mm. are really community-minded, nurturing, kind of lovely people who are totally, totally ill-placed to form inquisitions and burn Pentecostals. I know a mix. I know a couple of people. But I do need you guys, seriously, to get out there. If you're in the Christian community- Start doing your due diligence with your theology and start arguing these fucks out of existence because they're really not only dangerous to your, well, the the, the, the existence of Christianity, Mm. substantially more dangerous to Christianity than atheists are, but they're a danger to the entire planet as well and they need to be rooted out. So if you have Christian inclinations... Yeah. Please do not rest until you've made it clear to all and sundry that Pentecostalism is dangerous, heretical, and fraudulent. Get one of those fucking monk robes with the rope belt. Hang some of those insane, like... Absolutely. Uh, Warhammer-style proclamations on you from a big chain. Yes, the no matter what parchments. No matter what sex or gender uh, 
grow a beard, shave the top of your head, go to the public square with a big fucking book, preferably a Bible, but any big book will do, and start screaming at Pentecostals. Because they won't be able to fucking stand up to it. No, everything that they do is wrong and an abomination. Those clean teeth fucking Billy Graham motherfuckers. They're going to cave under the weight of your... Racist, sexist, homophobic idiots. Mm. Who wouldn't know Christian theory if it... Well, hopefully if it's about to, it whacks them with a big knobbly stick. One of the most tragic contradictions of knowledge is that so much... uh, Jesus came and overturned their tables. Because they change... They they engage in fucking financial trade yeah, yeah, yeah. as well in, in usurers uh, and holy grounds. They are just the and, worst. And they break every single rule. Moneylenders have an uh, outsized amount of attention paid to them in the Bible, which I've always enjoyed. It's yeah, like I know. It's true. It's the tax, wh- and not that moneylenders don't deserve divine punishment, but it's just funny to see the the bugbears of the day. I mean, it's great if you go through the Old Testament and see just how anti money lending Jewish people are, because <laughs> they are inevitably villainous. There's no like story about Moishi, the amazing moneylender, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and how he like you know impoverished all the goyim. Oh, yeah. maybe apart from Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat thing, when he was mm. in Egypt and he was like like grain, you see, yeah. I love the conceit of that story. Imagine Pharaoh not knowing how grain worked. <laughs> well, I'm the head of basically the world's largest <coughs> ever grain farm. I yeah. have no fucking idea what I should do mm. with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this strange plant. Why are we growing it? Um, I does, it doesn't yeah. make good eating at all. No, Pharaoh, you're not supposed to eat the stem. <laughs> no, me. Pharaoh I don't like this bit self. either. No, Pharaoh, you're not supposed to eat the husk. <laughs> you're supposed to eat the grain. Oh, the what am of, I like? Chorus of seven-year-olds going, yeah. <laughs> One of them crying. Justifiably. Oh, no, um, all the birds have eaten it. Oh, Pharaoh, you're supposed to store the grain. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> Pentecostalism is an existential threat to Australia. It's yeah. an existential threat to the world. Mm. And if you're a Christian, you should be really angry because they're yeah. taking all the things that are most sacred to you and fucking the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, trues, trues, truer trues never spoken, as they say. Uh, well, let's wind it up. That's a nice meaty megasode for our listeners to chew so, on. For the I don't next know if I like megasode. I think we've I already introdu- used it. <laughs> I did introduce you to Sode a couple of weeks ago, so I was only myself to blame mm, for it. Mm. Um, Leonardo's Robots album has... I've, I've, yeah. I haven't listened to it uh, myself. I don't think I'll, I'd enjoy it. But I've had very good feedback. It's good. From people who like music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people who, who still haven't moved on from, um, I don't know, change and progress in the arts. Mm. Um, mm. So so do give that... Where can we hear that again, uh, Kieran? Uh, you can find it at uh, leonardosrobot.bandcamp.com. That's good. I think that the most effective way to help it, if you like it, is to leave an unearthed review, a Triple J unearthed review, there if you've you go. got five minutes. Don't tell me, because I don't know any about music. I can tell you, don't just type in Leonardo's uh, Robot into Google, because all you'll get is shit about some Italian arsehole. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got a, a, The album is called Ziggurat Vertigo, if that helps or if you type leonardo's robot band camp maybe that'll work i'm not sure anyway 
Cigarette Vertigo by Leonardo's Robot. I'll throw another one of them at the end of this. That's good. Uh, that's good. That's good. If you if you wish to get in contact with us, you can get in contact with us at weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com. Gmail. No, no tricks with the spelling. No tricks spelling. with the spelling. No tricks no with tricks the spelling. With the spelling. And I What's think- that song by the monkeys? Mr. Um, Mr. Papaleo or something. Oh, Jesus. Mr. I don't know. Mr. John Papaleo. Anyway, we were doing that. Just I'm then. not very good at the monkeys. Um, although Dave, uh, Davy Jones, of course, fine, uh, fine singer. Now, much I missed. knew that I could fucking bait <laughs> you into admitting that you actually know way more about the monkeys than I do. Uh, but yeah, no. Mr. I don't. Dobelina. Mr. Dobelina. There you go. Mr. Dobelina. Zilch is the name of the song. Mr. Dobelina, Mr. Bob Dobelina. Yeah. I, I used to wonder how um, Graham Goldman wrote like three songs a day for 10 years, yeah. all throughout the 60s, but yeah. uh, because they're all the, the same song. Yeah. It's like, I'll I come mean, up with a funny name. Yeah. Give him a little adventure. It's, always, it's, it's preposterously easy to write songs. Once you get to a, a, a certain level of uh, fucking competence with the basic mechanics of music, you can write any old bullshit in the time that it takes for a song, you just play some shit that you know will sound good because it works mathematically, and you say, Mr. Dob, I'll know Mr. Bob, and it's fucking fine. There it's you fine. go. There you go. From um, top-selling artist Kieran Stevenson there. I didn't say it was easy to write good music. <laughs> I didn't claim that Cat House Canary's music was any good. I just said it's easy to write songs. That's true. You Full did. stop. That is true. And apparently come up with uh, religions. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. W- while you're in America, mm. uh, give us a field study on the old religions. Yeah, yeah. See if, you've, if, there's, oh. a, if there's a gap in the market that we can tap into. Yeah, I'll keep my eye out. Uh, certainly. I'll be gone for two months, listener. So You'll no be gone more, for two months, listener. No more weakness for bleakness until October, I guess. Uh, if yeah, I know. I don't own. know how recording equipment works, so there'll be nothing happening until Kieran gets back. Uh, I mean, you can record stuff if you want, Darcy. Get Audacity, I... record it on your uh... laptop. Give me a call, and be very surprised if my laptop could run any kind of program. It struggles sure it... with Word. Uh, Audacity it's, is it's an ASO, pretty easy on the. Oh well, yeah, no, you fucked then. Um... <laughs> Why don't we? We can discuss this when we're not on air. I'm yeah. sure the, the dear darling listener. Uh, ravishingly beautiful as they are, has other things to do. What do you reckon, listener? Listen to us discuss. Yeah. Audacity. Uh, what else? Week for, at Week for Bleak on Twitter, if for some reason you like to get... I mean, legitimately, we're one of the few podcasts we're following our Twitter is a good idea, even though it's just an update thing because we don't have a super regular schedule at the moment. That's true. I'm hoping that we can get back to weekly... Uh, when I get back and not well, if we'd stop, you three know, hour if episodes. we'd stop poncing around the place like a couple yeah. of jet setters with money. Oh yeah, I'm terrified about the fucking cost of this holiday. No, everything's stranded like in fucking cheap in South America. Dakota. All you need to do is if you just get out of the restaurant before they realise you haven't tipped them, they I, save <laughs> I went to uh, get a travel card yesterday, uh, and while I was sitting there waiting for the for the dude to come and see me, I looked up the exchange rate. And it's literally yesterday was the worst day so far that year. 60 cents to the dollar. 65 cents, I think. Oh, do you remember the financial crisis when it was like a dollar ten? Oh, my God. We were just making money hand over fist. What a fucking time. I bought three games on Steam. They were so affordable. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the best. This is how 
we this is how people get involved in <laughs> the abrogation of moral duty that comes with involvement <laughs> in finance in any way, shape, or form. That's true. Once you realise all you need to do is move some things around, yeah. And suddenly there are more things, and you go, "I bet this system couldn't break down ever." Yeah. No, just self feet pictures on uh, the internet. It's Ooh, not my three thousand times more ethical. I think anybody's feet. We're at a disadvantage, <clears throat> certainly, uh, compared to the usual sellers. But, you know, stranger things. Oh my god, it's so time to let the listeners go. Goodbye, baby. We'll see you in two months. <laughs> turn it off, Kieran, turn it off. Goodbye. Before you say something else.